Does everybody know what time it is? Time to start packing our bags. <sighs> That's right, man. It's grunt work. for greener pastures. I still ain't found out what I was after. I've got the tools, and that's why I host. I just want to make my show, yeah? I'm going back to Indiana. Indiana, here I come. Yeah, yeah, I'm going back to Indiana. Because this is Grunt Work, the only podcast about the TV series Home Improvement that can actually find the state of Indiana on a map. I'm your host, Truman, the Hoosier Daddy Man Caps, and with me as always is my co-host, Landon, the Bloomington Onion Man Solano. And Landon, <laughs> it's good to see you. It's good to see you, too. Indiana has been popping up a lot lately. Uh, I, I'm going to completely just take us on a tangent right out the gate. No, I, let's do it. Let's do it. Last three. Last three. I have uh, started a coincidence journal, and oh. I, I was just very curious uh, about these sorts of things. You know, just like, I, I'm kind of interested in, like, how many coincidences do I see in a day? What do they mean? You know, yeah. obviously, they mean nothing. That's the whole point of a coincidence. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, Indiana has been popping up a lot lately, and uh, I actually got a text not just a spam call that says, you know, potential spam uh, with yeah. an unknown number. I actually got a, a text from an unknown number that said, um, just checking in on you, friend. You okay? Oh, and that was from the state of Indiana? <laughs> it was from Bloomberg, Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but I I don't mean just it was physically from Indiana. I'm saying the state of Indiana specifically was checking in. Like, hey, yeah, hey buddy, you, yeah. you, you doing okay? Hey, you wanna you you wanna uh, relocate to where uh, business taxes are lower and uh, it's been ranked the best state for business in uh, the Upper Midwest? Yeah. Did um, I say Bloomberg? I didn't mean Bloomberg. You, well, you did say Bloomberg, but there might be a Bloomberg, Indiana. I know it's there's true. a Bloomington, yeah. but Bloomington uh, is what I meant. Yeah. 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 Well, wait. Has that been your only Indiana-related coincidence, or or what? Has has Parks and Rec been bigger in your life lately? <laughs> no, I um recently. Well, friends of friends. Uh, I've been hanging out with people who are from Indiana lately, um, which, you know, it's <laughs> kid a corner to, to Wisconsin. So inherently mm. going to be people from that area. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it's just been popping up in a few, like either podcasts or TV shows or, or just general consumption of things. Indiana has just been popping up. I look, I mean, now's as good a time as any to tell people our next podcast is all about the state of Indiana and it's, um, <laughs> It's it's called Hoosiers. In fact, um, we, we there is I got a letter about some kind of lawsuit. I guess there was some movie named Hoosiers. I don't know. Probably not a big deal. But uh, yeah, so get ready for for kind of we're really going to be expanding on our Indiana content going forward. Have you been to Indiana? I have uh, been to Indiana. Um, you know, you can't get to Chicago without going through Indiana from Michigan. Really? Um, oh wow! And yeah, I couldn't I... get to Michigan without going through Indiana from L.A. So I've been through it a lot. Uh, how much time I've spent there is is questionable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I also am sitting here realizing that I I sounded so shocked when you said that you had to drive through it to get to uh, Chicago from Michigan when I just bragged about being able to find Indiana on a map. So <laughs> I'm, 
I I I very clearly have not been there. Um, I don't know that it's super high on my list, but um, I don't know. I guess if in the '90s I had a job offer there, I guess I would probably go. Mm, ooh, why? Ooh, I, why, I, I, I am. Is that with wafting? Wafting? I'm I'm smelling wafts of uh, of foreshadowing. Of, of, of perhaps a segue, yeah. I, that so, that sounds like probably the dumbest and least interesting comment a person could ever make, though. I would potentially move to Indiana in the '90s if I had a job offer there. If you know nothing, which means you would never move to Indiana. Yeah, uh, well, uh, which is which is an accurate reflection of my current um, feelings regarding the state of Indiana and potential relocations. Um, I'm also realizing I, that people listening don't know why we're talking so much about the state of Indiana. Yeah, and we'll get there in a second. Um, before we get into the synopsis, I, we've only got three episodes left. Two after this to go into the Home Improvement Corner. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you added the uh, the state of Indiana to your to your house? <laughs> is it like a side? Is it like a side yard, basically? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I. Okay, so finish the big project of the 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 landing and the stairs out back, right? Woo, woo. Um, woo. I have a new problem that Uh-oh. I'm dealing with. Uh oh. How <laughs> much how much power did you add to the landing and stairs? <laughs> it's on hydraulics now. Uh, oh. <laughs> have you ever been to Universal Studios uh, oh. when they had the earthquake <laughs> uh, experience? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Is there? Wait, now is there a is there a gigantic uh, torrent of water also that comes spraying <laughs> towards you whenever you get on the stairs? Uh, that's that's only when I set up my home alone uh, security system. So if <laughs> if the wet bandits are coming, then uh, if they they turn the doorknob the wrong way, yes, there is one. Yeah, though, and the wet bandits would be your natural uh, nemesis because of how scared you are of water touching anything in your house. So uh, you, you you better set yeah. up those security systems. Okay, okay, okay. I'm adding I'm adding something to next to water in terms of things uh, I don't like, uh, things that I'm I'm slightly afraid of uh, damaging bears. and and bringing this house down. Yeah, uh, I'm not. Af- I am a. I'm generally afraid of bears. I'm okay. not afraid of a bear taking this house down. I mean, you never, you never know. That's that's they'll get you where you least expect it. Is all I I'm guess saying. it's true. I can, you never let your guard down. If it's uh, a cocaine bear, it could probably take down the house. <laughs> uh, I am dealing with critters. Oh no! Now, okay. Now I, I'm saying this a little like okay. Not not like I don't have mice. I don't have like. Well, I I don't know that I don't have. Like, let me, okay, yeah. let me let me just get into it here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll stop. I'll stop distracting you with stupid comments about uh, Indiana or uh, earthquake rides. The okay, the livable areas. My my main floor. My upstairs. Uh, I've never had a single instance of of droppings of anything at all that might be awry. Yeah, um, not not even your own. <laughs> no, I, I I am a lady. I do not poop. That's. Um, <laughs> great good (laughs) i am Uh, not i uh however in the basement um there have been just not not enough droppings that i think there is anything living in the place but there are critters that burrow and they burrow Mm. through the the baseboards and they can get into your basement that way and so i was sitting on my couch the other day and uh as i was watching mythbusters something caught the, out of the corner of my eye 
And I thought, well, now, why is there a light coming from underneath the baseboard <laughs> behind my desk? What? And uh, I got down on all hands and knees and, and, like, looked, and there's, like, a little millimeter separation from the floor to the bottom of the baseboard. And I was able, eh, basically, to see outside. Oh, <laughs> it, it okay. was It was sunshine. And huh. um, in the tiniest little quarter of a hole in a spot you would never even think that there would be something. Apparently mm. some sort of critter had burrowed up through what I, what I'm not sure isn't concrete. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm curious what the like strength of these guys are. Um, yeah. And like, I think had gone into uh, through the wall down into the basement. Uh, didn't make a home there. Um, but, I now have this hole that I'm like I gotta patch that up before winter, <laughs> dude. Dude, you got you got graboids in your house. Oh my you, god, <laughs> you're you're, get, you're getting tremored right now. <laughs> I'm glad I'm on the second floor, uh, I, although we know that's not gonna last forever. Uh, yeah. I, I'm gonna go out like the the shopkeeper, which yeah. you know what? If I do, top of my list, breaking my neck, falling down the stairs, tripping on my books. That's how oh, I want to yes. go. Yeah, we we've all we've all heard this one before. <laughs> we all know this old chestnut. Yeah, the uh, second is a graboid coming up through the center of my living room while I'm watching Mythbusters and and eating my torso. I mean, but look, you die, you die happy. Your your last words can be Mythbusted. (laughs) The the myth that your floor will protect you from a graboid. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, confirming confirming the myth that that uh, graboids are real, but busting the myth that your floor is ample protection. So uh, I, I've started looking into critter prevention methods for my my basement, uh, for the outside to just prevent them from getting in. Um, but those are mostly like voles and squirrels, uh, or not squirrels, chipmunks, you know, really yeah. small critters. Um, mm-hmm. There's another type of, I don't know if you call it a critter, maybe a pest. <laughs> A pest is a better term for it. Are, are there are there like really strict guidelines and parameters on what you could what constitutes a critter? Are are I the are the hillbillies like you know out out tramping through the woods saying no no that ain't a critter that a that's that's a species. <laughs> this is a critter. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that's uh, that's uh, Appalachian Dundee right there. This, this is this is a critter. I'm texting you something. This is not a critter. It's a pest. Uh, this is from my doorbell cam. Okay. Uh, and it, it's something I've got to deal with because it's ah! where I go. <laughs> why would you send me that, dog? Why would you send me that? You know how I feel about bugs. Dog, why would you send me that? This looks like he sent me some kind of picture of a spider or something right over his camera. It's 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 uh it's a massive wasp. Okay, yeah, that's bad. That's that's it's um, like a you, it's like an inch long wasp, maybe maybe Oof. three to three quarters inch. I don't know, but uh, it's a paper wasp. And as I watch Whoa. this, I have video of it too, and I'm not going to send it to you. But uh, it's it's as I watched it on my video cam. I mean, it was big enough for my my doorbell camera to even register it as something to record. Okay. Flew out of my light fixture, landed on the camera, proceeded to clean itself for about 10, 15 seconds flew off of it into a loop and then went back into like underneath one of the sightings. Uh, okay. And so now I have to think about how do I prevent Burn your house down? <laughs> <laughs> I, how do I, I, I prevent a wasp nest from, from 
uh, going, you know, from being built under the siding of my house. Yeah, how right, uh, right how, where my entrance is. That's that's oh. the concerning thing. Yeah, so th- so basically they've got you cut off. Like wh- whoever's inside is stuck inside once those wasps uh, <laughs> once those wasps finally waft yeah. through. Uh, so yeah, how, what do you what do you do about that? Short of uh, you know the the burning down option. Yeah, I I don't. Well, first of all, I'm I'm assessing. That's the stage mm-hmm. I'm in right now. Is there actually a nest, or was this big honker out there just foraging? <laughs> Because uh, yeah. I do have a lot of trees, uh, the overhang, you know, there's some, you know, potential water stuff there. Uh, I I went out and looked today because this happened yesterday. I went out and looked today. I did not see any nest at all, anything that looked like it could be a nest. Now, but that's not to say that he couldn't fit underneath the siding and there's something going on there. That mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I haven't seen any other wasps uh, yet, so I'm kind of keeping an eye out for like just activity. If I can yeah. find not just one wasp, but multiple wasps and direct paths of flight. I'm using all these terms I learned on the internet last night. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're so, you're sounding you're sounding kind of like uh William O'Leary in uh in the um the flight of Black Angel. It's like <laughs> got to assess the path of flight. Got to exterminate the horde. <laughs> well, so if if there are these other um Sin, uh, signals that there might be activity going on. Yeah. You know, there are a couple things out there they say you can do, which is, you know, like, the, the thing with wasps and hornets is, like, they can continue to sting you, and they suck when you get yeah. stung. I've yeah. never been stung. It's not something I want to experience. Sure, so, of course. while I could, in theory, go put on two pairs of pants and tuck them into socks and, you know, put a face shield on and tuck, you know, like, just overprotect myself like the, you know, kid in uh, a Christmas tale. Uh, <laughs> Christmas story, uh, but yeah. The Christmas story, yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, um, the, the diff- different from the kid in a Bronx tale. <laughs> yes. Very, very different. Um, though they both say fudge a lot, just in they uh, do. <laughs> different TV formats. That's uh, true. That's true. I, I'm inclined to just call a pro, but the I'm hesitant about calling a pro because a that shit is like it could be up to like 375 bucks, maybe more mm-hmm. if they have to like mm-hmm. take the siding off and everything. Yeah, not and great. B. Uh, I, I'm not a big fan. Like, we need pollinators, and we need their integral part of the ecosystem. And if you call an exterminator, they're going to exterminate. And yeah. uh, I'm, I'm not super fond of that idea either. So yeah. I, I'm really stuck here. And I'm just like, I, I keep at nighttime going up to the wall on the inside of my house, just on the opposite side of where that little wasp was, and just whispering you know, through the drywall, hey, you know, maybe maybe just go find another place. <laughs> you know, this isn't you know, <laughs> this isn't exactly where you want to be. <laughs> hoping that hoping that that works. I I mean, look, you've you've moved out of plenty of apartments because of noisy neighbors. Maybe you just start like blasting music really late at night, <laughs> like mu- music that's all like super got super offensive lyrics to wasps, all about how yeah. like. Like that song, I'm a bee, I'm a bee, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a bee. Like, you know, just songs about how great bees are and how bees are better than wasps. Maybe that'll Maybe. finally get them to leave. Yeah. Um, my my I, biggest I, fear with this is that 
you know, it might be one wasp now, you know, foraging and looking, maybe looking for a place to, to build a nest. I don't want a queen making their home in my wall over the winter, and then next summer I have a swarm of wasps on my porch. I mean, look, as a huge fan of the movie Aliens, it would be kind of cool that they would literally be coming out of the walls, and it would be game <laughs> over, man, game over. I, I'm... I don't want that for you either, but also, I mean, to to have your life kind of be ruined in a tribute to one of my favorite action movies is not is not a bad way. Not, for me, it's not a bad way to go because it's not, I have no I have no uh, yeah. stake in the house. Um, how do you think Tim would uh, How do you think Tim would handle it? Well, WWE he, he has no qualms about getting stung. He would get stung a hundred times. He would get stung. He he has no qualms about getting stung. He also has zero qualms about not killing pollinators. So he yeah. would take yeah the opposite of all of your approaches. And he he would have no he would be excited to take off the pan the siding of his house so that he could put something new on there. Yeah, that's 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 true. Well, put yeah if you put on like aluminum side paneling or something, it'd be harder for the wasps to uh, uh you know gain a foothold the next time. Well, actually, what I read on Bob Vila. Uh, I, <laughs> was I, that wasps are actually attracted to aluminum siding because of the warmth that it provides. Mm, okay, so, all right, aluminum siding. Okay, well, then the third time around, he's going <laughs> to not use aluminum. You know, uh, uh, you know, I, I too, am having issues with bugs. Um, uh, there's a lot of flies uh, trapped in the light fixture in my kitchen. I don't know how they got in up there. I don't know where they're coming from, but there's just a lot of flies and every time you think that there could not possibly be any like you think that the, all those still shadows you see are the the flies have all died then you see more flies moving around in there i don't know where they're coming from i don't know how they're getting in i don't know how to stomp them but my main takeaway is just if the light burns out in that light fixture i'm just gonna have a dark kitchen forever that's just just get headlamps <laughs> candles uh, you know, we'll we'll just we'll just find a new way. We'll be Amish. Flies, flies are a particular annoyance. I will completely, you know, back you up on that. I, I get a few flying in. I have to open and close my doors really quickly to avoid getting some inside the house. But once they're in, it's just like motherfucker. You have an entire house to go fly in. Why are you always right in front of my face? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I had. I had one in my room the other night. I was playing some kind of, like, you know, strategy game on my computer, and this fly would keep buzzing me, and then I would leap up and try to hunt it around my room until I would lose it again, and then I'd go back to playing my game trying to hunt the bad guys and find them, and then I'd go back to trying to hunt the fly, and so I've... I, it's really forced me to be a full spectrum warrior. I did eventually kill the fly with some. Uh, with, I, I had to Aww. spray some household cleaner on it, slow it down, and uh, and and you know bludgeoned it. Um, because we, I, I, you know what, Landon? I think they they lay like a trillion eggs, and I think we're okay on flies. They're not pollinators. I understand you feel differently about about certain animal welfare. Yeah, I'm, I I don't I don't kill them, but I do I do like. I put them in a place where I'm like, you're going to enjoy the rest of your life, which is going to be short here. So, like, I'll, I'll wait till the they fly onto the screen, and then I'll shut the window on them so they're stuck between the window and the 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 screen. And how, how, do, how do you know they're enjoying that? What makes you think that they enjoy being trapped so close to freedom but slowly starving to death, imprisoned in a, <laughs> in a tiny membrane between... I don't know. I don't want. I don't want to give you an existential crisis. I just don't think you should be lying to yourself that they're enjoying this. 
well, I know that they don't have the complexities of, of mental emotion to know whether they are enjoying it or not, but they are leading the remainder of their life. Okay, I mean... Yeah, I don't know. If I were a fly, I would rather be instantly killed by a bold and decisive slipper wielded by, uh, you know, a dude who's been trying to play a video game rather than just uh, left to slowly starve. But again, we're not here on this podcast to try and peer into the inner lives of flies. That's not... We're not? I, I know it would, be, it would be a better podcast if we did. That's, it would be much more interesting and relevant. why we're going to announce now the next show that we're doing after grunt work is the inner lives of flies <laughs> aka fly me to the moon um no that's not that's not what we do on this podcast on this podcast though we talk about the tv series home improvement uh, do? And since when we did since when well I, I mean since uh i mean since a couple a couple seconds ago when i finally reoriented our discussion from midwestern states and uh, the breeding <laughs> habits of household pests. 20 minutes ago it's been it's been a long long time um but hey you know what last three episodes guys we're down to the last three episodes of home improvement yeah and this week we watched one of those last we watched the first of the last three the beginning of the end a three-part finale landon do you want to tell me what happened on the first of these three-part finales yes i i have a five stanza haiku for you Okay, all right, that's the way I like them. Five stanzas, no more, no less. Let's center ourselves and go into the synopsis here. <clears throat> Tim is all riled up. Tool time is out of control. Yeah. He up and darn quits. Jill, however, learns that an opportunity for work has come up. Mm -hmm. The job is tricky. It requires them moving to Indiana. Mm -hmm. Tim is hesitant because Detroit is his home, and he hates to change. But it's big for Jill, so they do consider it. But will it happen? To be continued. That's five. That, I guess, yeah, I guess that's like that's like five syllables for it to be continued. Um, one line of a haiku. Yeah, uh, yeah, okay, okay, fair. So so I guess you can't do, you can't kind of go halvesies with a haiku. If you do one line, you got to do the other two, huh? Yes, exactly. Hmm. That's 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 a shame. Maybe I don't know. Maybe they should do a simpler form of haiku. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, that is that is what happened. Um, it's, yeah. Do you want to? Oh, it's back. It's the it's the final one. We're it's just the... we're, no. We're, oh yeah, oh, you're right. Because I imagine all the other titles are going to be the same as this title. Maybe maybe I shouldn't have given up the the ghost on that one. Oh man, you should you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have done the theme song. I think the theme songs that you were you were so busy busting out that awesome uh, theme song for guess that title that you didn't even think about the fact that we may never guess another title. Truman, um, I'm sorry, I couldn't help myself. You know, busted makes me feel good. <laughs> oh man, okay, uh, I ain't afraid of that reference. Do you want to guess that title? Yes, I do. I have three options. First option. Tool time's up. Ooh. Yeah. I like it. Thank you. Thank you. You're going to love the next one. Okay. All right. Indiana groans. <laughs> uh, you're you're going to love it. Give me a second. <laughs> you're loving it. <laughs> Wait a minute. I feel like 
<laughs> You're using some past uh, past realizations of psychology moves on me here. Uh, uh, well, yeah, yeah, just repeatedly yelling at you to like a thing until you yeah, start liking right. it. It's 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 the way most uh, <laughs> most internet responses to women having opinions tend to go. Um, all right, Indiana groans. Oh, yeah. I get it now. I get it. I get it. I had to get it before I loved it. And I, I didn't tell you. I don't. To think I don't about love it. it, but I like it a lot. Okay, what, what part? Just like you the get? last Indiana Jones movie. Uh, yeah, there you go. There you go. I, the, you know, this, <laughs> this, this whole podcast could do with some de aging. Which part didn't you get? You didn't get the groans, or you didn't get Indiana? I, I didn't. I didn't know what it was a play on. I had to like, <laughs> I had to marinate on it for a second. Okay, you, I'm just saying. Didn't you used to take a bullwhip to school because you were so enamored of Indiana Jones and you forgot what? Not to school, no. Okay, just just around in your life, you just had it in your glove box in case shit went down, in case there was a relic that you needed to whip out of a Nazi's hand. I had one because I went as Indiana Jones for Halloween one year, so it just happened to be in my basement. Oh, I see. I see. Okay, completely different. Completely different. Um, but you also you do have footage, video footage of you bullwhipping a friend's glasses off of their face, which is some downright Indiana Jones shit. Fair point. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There. I I bludgeoned you into accepting that you did a cool thing. Um, <laughs> last option. Hope Springer's Eternal. <laughs> also a great one. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so the 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 three part finale is just all going to be about Jerry Sp- Springer <laughs> jokes. I mean, I I mean, look. What based a way on to how go much out. I, in, so based on how much I enjoyed them in this episode, I would not totally op- like oppose that if that was just what the rest of it was. Oh man! Well, that's it's uh, calling out a little bit of your personal reflections. <clears throat> okay, this is the last one. I got to give you a chance to. I got to give you a chance to guess it. I, I just have to. Yeah, that's what we yeah. do here. Yeah, no, we we give each other chances. That's what this show is about. <clears throat> it's about how there's second chances in life. Now, you're going to have to do some editing, I'm sure, for your hemming and hawing and trying to make your guess here, but I have a very simple clue. Okay. This is a later day Beatles song that there's no there's no play on it. It's just what it is. It's just the name of the Beatles song and maybe one of their more poignant sounding songs. Okay. Okay. Uh, thinking... Looking up Beatles albums. Yeah, looking looking up track listing. <laughs> looking up uh looking up Wikipedia page for the Beatles to see who they were. <laughs> um is is it Oh man, I'm just trying to think of even what a later Beatles song like I'm gonna I'm going to uh, you know, because it's uh I don't know, Sergeant Sergeant Jill's lonely <laughs> boy club uh uh tool show no that's terrible truman what are you even thinking um 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 obla obla detroit obla (laughs) oblooming ta yeah i'll say it's on the album let it be uh which isn't really helpful because i feel like most of the tracks on that except for maybe dig a pony (laughs) could be the title of this episode and maybe magging me uh, I don't, I, 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 fl- I flat out don't know, Landon. I could look up, I could look up, let it be right now and just start reading off, uh, tracks from it. Let me just see that. Uh, could it be, 
Oh, two of us. <laughs> Just go I've right got, down the list. I've got a feeling. <laughs> Let it be. One after 909. What's the area code? And I, I don't know. I don't know, Landon. What's the title of this episode? The Long and Winding Road, Part 1. Huh. Well... Maybe I don't know. it hasn't revealed itself yet. This is just part I, one. I mean, look, I guess I can see, like, because that is sort of a sentimental song about home and things like that. So I guess this episode is calling up a lot of those ideas and the notion of leaving one's home. Mm-hmm. And it's long because it's three parts. Yeah, true. And true. if you're looking back on the winding road, it's been a long path to get here. It has been a long path. This episode did make me think a lot about the path that we took to get here, which did have some twists and turns to it. Hmm. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I mean, I guess. Uh, look, I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like I can't really grade this one. It's it's their okay. la- it's the title of their their last episode. It's a three parter. It's it's fine, guys. I, I get it. You're on it's your like, way out the door. <laughs> it's like taking that last math test when you've already got your grades and know you're graduating. That's gonna be a recurring feature and the and and concept that comes up in this episode because i've been having that feeling a lot so um yeah (laughs) yeah great well truman this episode aired may 18th 1999 it was directed directed by andy cadiff looks -hmm. like they're bringing in all of the first directors uh to to finish off the season as we saw andrew zow come back jeffrey nelson was here uh now we've got andy cadiff uh directing part one of this three-part finale, and it was written by Laurie Gelman. Mm-hmm. Truman. Mm-hmm. It sure was. Landon. How did you feel about this episode? Um, It really... It feels like the last couple days of the school year, as you were hinting at one second ago. It has this real sense of... All the tests are over, grades are submitted, and everyone's just sort of cleaning up and clearing out their lockers and talking about how they're going to spend their summer. It has this real sense of uh, just everything kind of getting powered down, and hmm. it, and in a sort of bittersweet way, because I am, I, you know, uh, this is an episode that starts kind of really dismantling the return to normalcy of the sitcom, where it's like, well, okay, yep, we're, this thing's over, so now we're going to, yeah, now we're going to move, you know, move to a new place. Now Tim's going to quit his show, this and that. Uh, so that gave me some just generally strong emotional feelings of recognizing, oh shit, the show's ending. Like this thing's really, we've been talking about Uh, it being over basically since we started doing it, but now it's finally, (laughs) it's finally happening. And, um, that's, uh, that's, that's, all right. That's pretty wild. I, I, you've prefaced a a question I want to ask you in the deep dive. Um, so I'll, I guess I'll just earmark that for asking you then, but you've already piqued my interest. Okay, that's good. I'm glad. I, I'm, I'm glad. I, at, at long last, I can do something interesting on this show. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but in terms of the episode itself, it's kind of hard for me to like. You know, I, I don't know. I don't think it was. It, I don't think it was like super funny. I don't think it was imma- immaculately crafted. But also, mm-hmm. it's the first of a three-part series finale. It's like this is not supposed to be. Th- this episode is tough to evaluate simply because it's yeah. like they're starting to land a plane that's been in flight for eight years. There's right. a lot yeah. of considerations I, they have to make. I hadn't considered that. I, I do have one or two kind of nitpicky qualms, as you know, I'm want to have. Sure. Uh, I. I wasn't dissatisfied or disappointed at all in this, but you're you're right. I hadn't quite like wrapped my head around like 
was it satisfying? Was it not satisfying? Because it just felt like I ended it with having my breath held. And mm-hmm. so th- there's not been that release yet. And uh makes me a little bit nervous for <laughs> yeah. more episodes from now. But uh, the, yeah, developing an opinion about it is difficult. Um, yeah. I don't know. Got, I mean, got... like, yeah, subjectively or objectively, there was some, I think I laughed out loud twice during it. Uh, yeah. They weren't hearty laughs, but they were like, ha, 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 ha. I got to give myself an edit point. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I'm trying to remember if I cut around that completely or if audiences are familiar with the time that that I just went ha in response to one of your jokes. Oh, my Uh, God. Um, So, yeah, that that's interesting. Um, I. okay. well, I'm I'm trying to decide if this is the place or if we want to do it in the deep dive to ask kind of about. The, what they're paying off here, what they're setting up here, what, where the chess pieces are on the board, I guess, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. for the, the the final final uh, episode. Yeah, yeah. You, the, this is not. This was not setting up the chess pieces I expected it to. I thought this was all going to be Al wedding related stuff, and instead, it's a bunch of oh, other I stuff. We got that, yeah. Yeah, I, I no. mean, I didn't really forget, but because uh, it's mentioned in the episode. But um, yeah, I, I guess I by the time this episode was over, I, I was like, oh, interesting. So this last episode is going to be, you know, deal or the last two. Oh, we got two more episodes. Uh, yeah. OK, we do. We still have a lot to deal with, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, I guess both it makes in sense. our lives and yeah. And, and in the show, too. Yeah, <laughs> I guess it makes sense that they didn't. um do Al's wedding here? That feels like a a big set piece where you, you know a good excuse to bring back all the characters, right? Except so, Randy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, he exists. Yeah. No, they mentioned him. They they, they definitely mentioned the most popular character on the show, <laughs> who has been uh, you know completely shuffled off. Uh, oh my god, I have a comment about that. As soon okay. as we uh, meet Doctor Hanover. Yeah, it's it sounds like we're itching to get into this deep dive. Though. All right, okay. <clears throat> I mean, well, uh, look, I don't want to cut you short. Do you have Do you have further reflections? Um, I don't know. I mean, uh, no, I know. I'll I'll save it because I go right into it uh, at the the start of this episode. So, um, I'll well, save it. For yeah. Now. Well, let's go right into it at the start right, of this well, episode. <laughs> then uh, let's organize our complaints, bullet point all the arguments we want to make, add supplement material and evidence to each argument, eliminate all emotional reactions, sit on it overnight, then in the morning accidentally send HR our salty, expedive-laden first draft indiscriminately cussing out every person we've ever encountered while doing the deep dive. Uh, Landon, any changes in your employment history lately that you're drawing on here? Uh... <laughs> um... So we we not not current history, not not current. Yeah, no, yeah. no. I, is is current history even possible? Isn't history by its nature in the past? Anyway, uh, more more. <laughs> is there questions. ever a present, or are we always just looking forward to the future and experiencing the past? Wow, fuck. This is th- th- this is just you know our next podcast is just going to be philosophy, just deep <laughs> philosophy. As we were discussing on Gruntwork Nights, the comedians are the real philosophers, yeah. and we're uh, we're really we're really uh, taking that uh, taking that all the way by 
trying to declare that we're comedians. Okay, per, so per per our uh, earlier topic at the beginning of this episode, can we call it Philosophies? <laughs> you can you can be the lord of that podcast. Uh, so at home is where we start this episode. The grunt creep is jumping on the couch, and uh, Marty and Mark and Brad are all hanging out around the house. Tim comes storming in. He's super angry because the uh, new producer who's been hired on at Tool Time, Morgan something or other, uh, wants Morgan Wandell uh, wants their next show to be all talking. It's just going to be Tim talking. It's not going to be any project or any sort of thing like that. He's furious about it, but nobody uh, is interested in listening to him because Marty has to go and drop off a deposit uh, for his new apartment. And the boys are both doing their own thing. And when Jill gets home, she starts to listen to him, but then gets a call from Dr. Hanover, who wants to have a surprise meeting with her about something uh, important. And so, uh, you know, everyone runs off to do their separate things, and Tim is left in a state of impotent rage and frustration. Um, I like, I, Not- I tried, <laughs> yeah. I, I had to I had to work in the the word impotent there, not referring specifically to to you know the way you might think of it, but just uh, you know he's he he's frustrated and he can't do any anything. He's he's all jammed yeah. up. Uh, he okay, yeah, not not the place I wanted to start our final episodes. I'm I'll admit, and I I feel like I've had gripes on the show before where I'm like. Oh God! Here we go with Tim again, and like saying this is one of the last times you can have that gripe, I, dude. Enjoy it. I know, <laughs> but in the past I've said, okay, I guess I could see if we start at that place if he arrives at a different conclusion by the end, and I think that's kind of what we get here. Not yeah. as satisfactorily as I would like, but uh, you know, I have high standards and it's impossible to please. Yes, exactly. And and you also can well, we can't be impartial about this show anymore. Not at this late date. I mean, we're we're kind of beyond giving it the full benefit Truman, of the doubt. Truman, stand back. I am going to be 100% impartial for the rest of the episode. Oh my god. Okay, yeah, everybody put on your special impartiality goggles. Do not look directly at land and being impartial. Uh yeah. I mean, yeah, t- Tim Tim starts the episode off being just angry and grousing and whining and complaining once again about the concept that the company that sponsors his very expensive tool show where he has free reign to do whatever he wants has finally started imposing some kind of basic strictures. And yeah. and and to the point of like they say it's going to be an all talk show. And I I mean, I'll, I'll get into this more in the next episode or next scene. Uh like, do we not remember the first two seasons of the show? <laughs> that was oh. half of the Tool Time episodes we watched. Yeah, even like the fact that they built a a like a special motorized talk show set into the Tool Time set, so that whenever someone <laughs> that stops by, they use. can interview them. That they never use. They, that they've used it as many times to interview people as they've used it to trap people inside of it when putting it back <laughs> away. But. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, but then I think you're you're also alluding to in the first two seasons when Tim would regularly be in the middle of doing a project, the thing that he claims to want so badly to do in this episode, but th- would then derail the entire thing so he could talk to the audience, call people down to talk to them about issues going on in their relationships. Like, he he's mad because Morgan wants to make the show the thing that Tim has been trying to make the show, or at least was actively making the show four years ago. Yeah. 
I mean, okay, I'll here's me giving Tim the benefit of the doubt. Maybe after seven years, he's like, that's our humble beginnings, and we've brought the show to where it is now. How frustrating would it be to bring it back to that place? That's not his argument, but I'm, I'm as I said, trying to give Tim, you know, something to work with here. Like, that I would at least understand. This is just, I, mean, I don't want to do the thing that I, I used to do because you're telling me to do it. And that's that's kind of what his argument here is to Jill when she's half listening for a second, where he's like, this young punk is coming in here telling me what to do, how to do the show that I've been doing for all these years. I, I Yeah, I guess I would be kind of upset if, if at this point someone much younger and less experienced than us came to our show and started telling us that we had to start doing a lot of shit that we'd done in the first season of, of Grunt Work. That we no longer wanted to do. So yeah, you know, you're right. Giving Tim the benefit of the doubt, I guess I would be pretty salty about that as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. But, okay. But he's not making that argument. But I'm saying he has an argument. And he's just deciding to be whiny about it. Uh, yes, he is. Yeah, yeah. He is definitely being whiny about it. Um, something also that that comes up here. You know, Brad can't listen to his dad complain because he needs to to go because he has a hair appointment with Pablo. Um. I'm just sorry that that it's at this late date that we're getting into Brad being the kind of jock who has a hairdresser named Pablo. I'm I mean maybe 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 for the best because then then we would maybe maybe there'd be an episode where we meet Pablo and there's maybe a bunch of negative stereotypes associated yeah. with male hairdressers in the 90s that might be applied to him. So I don't know, but I the, I, we I, are... I like this glimpse. We we are, and I, I, forgive me, I, I don't know if this term has been canceled or not, uh, so I'll, I'll <laughs> thank you to edit this out if, uh, if the, it is. The term is hairdresser, yeah. It, <laughs> it's, it's, this is, we're right before, just like a, a, can smell it on the other side of the door, the Axe body spray of the metrosexual. Mm, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. Honestly, he is kind. If the show had gone on a couple a couple more seasons, I think Brad Brad's metrosexuality would be something that they would try to mine for uh, for yeah. some for a few episodes. Which I don't um, even know what <laughs> what uh, I, I I still don't really understand what a metrosexual is the concept, what it entails. Um, I, I also. I, I, <laughs> I have to send you this. I'm completely derailing the episode, but when else am I going to do this? Just in coincidence, I paused the episode on the back, in the background, and it, it so perfectly matches. Okay, I paused it where Tim, uh, Jill gets the phone call. Yeah. And uh, Tim is playing with the apple at the table. Yeah, yeah tossing an apple impatiently <laughs> back and forth, yeah. doing Harlem Which... Globetrotter shit with it. Here's, it's just Tim being hammy and, you know, whatever. Like, I'm not a fan of that. The fact that he didn't drop the apple, I'm actually kind of impressed with. Uh, uh, that's that, that's real athleticism. Yeah, or coordination. Um, yeah. But the way I paused it just so perfectly aligns with my background uh, wallpaper of Godzilla <laughs> that uh, it, it's really cracking me up. Um, uh, right, so right now the right now the only image I'm seeing is a gigantic, disgusting wasp in front of your doorknob. So uh, oh, that's I'm, right. I I'm, sent that to you. Uh, yeah, yeah, that you did send that to me. I can't forget it because it's still there. Okay, wait here. Now, now the picture is coming. <laughs> yeah, now okay, now the picture is coming in. Yes, yeah, so we've got Tim, 
Tim playing with an apple right before Godzilla eats him, basically. Like, Godzilla's <laughs> coming for the apple, and he's going to bite Tim's head just, off. His hand, Godzilla's hand, becomes the apple basket. <laughs> Which is, it just seems so perfectly paired with that. Probably not I great mean, podcast count, content, because no one can see uh, it. No, it's, it, it's not great PodsCon content, but, uh, you know, again, it's our last It's our last three episodes. you got to leave it all out there on the field. Um I, yeah. So, uh, and also, uh, Mark is watching Cooking with the Raging Cajun. Um, I, 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 I don't know. I love that they're just opening up new cans of worms for both of these boys. New things for them to be into uh, that were that yeah. we're never really going to follow up on. I, you know what? This is where I like to paint between the lines. Where Mark got his taste of being an intern at Tool Time, and now he's like, he's graduated from his, uh, his class i have a question uh yeah. about mark later in this episode now that i say that um about him changing schools we'll, yeah. we'll get there in due time um we will. but i like filling in this background story i like that he got the taste of um uh, working on uh cable access shows he's like i gotta watch others to see how other people do it and innovate so that i can innovate on the on the format uh, yeah, you know that's true. He's expanding his media diet so he can find a way to work uh, work uh, cooking Cajun food into his uh, next dance routine slash horror movie. Um, <laughs> do, do you want to? Well, do you want to keep going then? Do you want to move on from this scene where Tim is just upset? Um. Well, I mean, we didn't talk about anyone else really. We didn't talk about Jill. I think is interesting. She gets the phone call and is in a, a flurry. Um, this this begins kind of something that doesn't pay off too well, but I, I think. If we went one more season, it would have been fun to draw some of the dynamic between her and Dr. Hanover out yeah. of where uh, it kind of um, calling back to the, the thesis episode where mm-hmm. she's just always nervous in front of him and always says the wrong thing. And I that that's kind of funny to me. But I also just like as we see later in this episode, Dr. Hanover's character is just really yeah. fun and how he, he deals with it. But I, this, uh, yeah, this doc, scene yeah. sets that up. Dr. Hanover is kind of fun. I find myself enjoying him more in this episode than I did in the episode where everything was built around bald jokes about him. Yeah. Um, and I enjoy him a lot more than I enjoy his son, I have to say. Uh, <laughs> as yes. does Jill. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Jill goes upstairs. She's got a uh, practice is what I was going to say. <laughs> I mean, well, no, it's not like she she's going to take a hot bath to uh, hot calm bath. down because right. she's so she's so keyed up over over what this meeting could be about. Is it? Oh, no. Does he not like my thesis? Do I have to go back and start, you know, start all over again. What do mm-hmm. I have to do? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so she goes upstairs and leaves Tim down here uh, to to bake. I don't know what um what he says. I can't remember the name, but basically a, a Binford microwave comes into frame. Hits, what, the, he, hits high and then it opens up and there's a claymation Tim burnt to death and falling out of the screen into the void. He he says he's going to stick his head, he, you know, because he's so upset that no one is taking time to listen to him whine. He says, I'm going to go stick my head in the in the microwave, but don't worry, I'll leave my mouth open. Uh, so my head and then explode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, yeah, we get the horrifying. That sounds like a myth uh, that we can test. Oh yeah, actually, yeah. Get get Jamie and Adam on it, and, uh, <laughs> and go, go go right to work. Uh, uh, more more truth to that than the concept of a graboid coming through your floor. Um, <laughs> yeah. So no, off of the horrifying claymation Tim head, we go to the opening credits. One of the mm-hmm. one of the last times we're gonna watch Tim transform into a sunflower. Yeah. 
Yep. I you know I will say watching them now in, in the background, and I guess maybe this is planting the seed, the sunflower seed for the next two episodes. Is uh, I'm I'm really struck at the kind of look through the years that the theme song has. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think I think that's going to hit a little bit harder in the next two episodes. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I think the sentimentality will ratchet up uh, well, with with each each remaining episode. Um, so we we get to we, we get back from the opening credits and we're at tool time. We're backstage where uh, Al is rushing in late and he's just been very busy cleaning out his mom's house and also uh, planning the wedding with Trudy. And Tim is talking about how he just has PMS, premarital stress. And uh, he he also drops that the wedding is going to be in two days, so that just kind of gives us a, a timeline there. And then uh, Morgan comes in, and Tim is complaining to him about this episode they're about to do where he's just talking, but uh, Morgan says it's Tim talk, and when Tim talks, people listen. Um, which, again, underlines for me, I don't understand why Tim is mad about this. Like, all he <laughs> really wants either. is to just talk at length about whatever he wants to. So this seems, yeah... Uh, <laughs> Fine, fine. We're, we're giving him the benefit of the doubt, but uh, it just seems a little out of character. Yeah. Let, let's pause there before we start the Tool Time episode. Um, yeah, agreed. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Morgan Wandell. Yeah. Danny Zorn. We talked a little bit about him last week, but we, we, he's got more to chew on in this episode. Yes, exactly. Uh, how, how do you think he measures up as a villain to Tim? I, I don't think he measures up very well because we've seen versions of this guy before. I mean, there was the old CEO of Binford before Bud came in who had that elaborate, like, 90s, uh, like, Nickelodeon-looking office with all of the the clear plastic <laughs> right, executive yeah. toys and stuff. Like, yep. that that guy was a good villain. That was a good bad guy yeah. for, for uh, to put Tim up against. And I think he also had a lot of programming changes and ideas for the show. Uh, I also think that the lady from News Radio, uh, Maureen, yeah. uh, I think she was a good foil because putting Tim up against a chipper, cheerful woman who just doesn't rise to his attacks ever is also kind of a fun thing to play him against. Here, Morgan Wandell is kind of just, like, obsequious to Tim until... He decides to be mean to Tim, and it's not. I don't know. We didn't have time. I he's not the Thanos level supervillain who is going to kill Tool Time with a snap of his fingers. You know, it's yeah. I agree. He's not the Thanos, but he might. I there, there's something about him, and it's in a later scene. He just has this little performance flourish where it's like. He's got this kind of spinelessness to him that is somehow like he's spineless and under normal circumstances, if he didn't know he had the power over Tim, Tim yeah. would just like squash him. Mm-hmm. But like he's kind of a liquid and can kind of like surround Tim in a way. And mm-hmm. it's a different kind of villain that I kind of think is an interesting choice rather than just another like powerful dad figure. Uh yeah stepping into Benford again. He, <laughs> yeah, he's like the T-1000. He's a villain who's primarily liquid. <laughs> yes. um, and he's not a, a form of daddy, like a leather daddy, say like the Terminator was in yeah. the first movie. Um, New prediction, this the series is going to end with Tim's hand falling into a vat of molten liquid. <laughs> <laughs> just just slowly doing the tool man salute as it, as it sinks <laughs> below the, uh, the molten steel. Yes, yes. <laughs> um... 
yeah, so I don't know. I think he, he's kind of – I'm curious what the, like – because Tim says he quit. We didn't see him quit, really. I mean, we did, but there wasn't the, like, the big fuck you, this is for real moment. Uh, well, yeah, and, and that comes that comes after their, their tool time segment. Well, I, I wouldn't even argue it doesn't come in this episode. So mm. I'm just to kind of wrap up talking about this character, I think um, I'd be curious to see how he gets his comeuppance and, and what that looks like and how satisfying that is. I think that's going to determine how I like him as a villain, but um, yeah. Yeah. Al Al's also like coming in saying he was cleaning out his mom's house. Good carryover from the last episode. Yeah. Uh, and, and Tim oh. doesn't make a cruel joke. Tim says that must've been hard. Yeah. And it's like, okay, wow. Uh, that's nice. Good, good yeah. Tim sympathy. His own cruelty was not offering to help him, but that's, you know, neither here nor there. Um, uh, baby steps. Baby steps. Baby I thought you were being impartial, Landon. <laughs> baby steps. It's been eight fucking seasons. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, fetus steps, I guess. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, and, yeah. Does Al mention the wedding here? Uh, yes, he does mention the wedding. He just says, I need to. Get, I just need to get through the next two days before the wedding, and then I'm going to be, oh, uh, Trudy and I are going to be sitting on a beach, slathering zinc oxide onto each other's right. bodies. So and it's like, just oh, like, thank you for that image. Um, mm-hmm. It's ha- So we've set up the two days from now, that, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering if the part one, two, and three are going to be over the course of three specific days in this ep- the season, the show, that this would, universe. That- that would be that would be pretty cool if each episode was a day. They could they then they could have called this uh, episode like three days of the Tim Door or something. But uh, <laughs> more applicable than Long and Winding Road. That's all I'm gonna say. Uh, okay, let's go to the the actual show. Heidi introduces okay. Tool Time. Yes, uh, Heidi introduces him. Uh, Tim comes out. There's just three stools on the stage. Uh, he comes out and introduces the show and makes very clear he's not happy about this, but they're just going to be interviewing uh, three guys uh, who uh, have a problem with constantly uh, doing home improvement projects. They can't stop using tools. So they have three guys come out, Robbie, Dan, and Butch, uh, all of whom uh, have you know, are constantly getting in fights with their wives because they like doing too much home improvement stuff, whether it's adding unnecessary additions to the house or painting too much or adding too much lubrication to things. And as each of these guys gets up and talks about their, um, their, you know, tool and home improvement habits, their wives in the audience get up and start heckling them. Eventually the wives and their husbands start swearing at each other. The wives start running down onto the stage and start fighting with the guys. Heidi gets shoved over. The whole audience is cheering and whooping like Arsenio. People are fighting and shoving and kicking and pushing back and forth. It becomes a full Jerry Springer situation. And when Tim tries to go to commercial, he gets punched in the face by one of the uh, brawling uh, interview guests. I think it's a, I think it's a converse to the mouth, but uh, yes, I digress. Uh, I, 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 you know, it's fun. It's fun to watch. <laughs> um, okay, so let's just call call it out right out the gate. Uh, this is basically when he had. I think it was season. I think it was season one. The 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 Timbo uh, hat. Remember, he brought yeah. the two guys out, and they. Yeah. It was a two part tool time episode where he brought them down from the audience because they were griping. It's like, yeah, come on down. We're going to get this out. And they he's, he goes on the soapbox. And then the next day he has them back and he's like, okay, they both have to apologize to their wives on camera. 
yeah, they, they were all griping about their wives together, and then he gets in trouble with Jill. They both get in trouble with their wives, and they do a whole other episode. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what this and, is, only Tim doesn't want to do this now, because it's not yeah. mandated by himself. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, and, I mean... <laughs> Also, Tim has done this specific thing talking about Jill about a dozen different times where he is, yes. he's roasting her. The only difference is that these women are here to defend themselves, whereas Jill has to just sit at home and watch it. <laughs> Although, um, I, this would have been a completely different show if every time Tim started going off at the mouth, Jill emerged from the audience and just wailed him in the head with a purse. Again, if the show was more like pro wrestling, I mean, we like the Tope guys when they were on so many years ago, they observed that this was kind of the most wrestling, the most shithouse of sitcoms. (laughs) And and truly, uh, they should have leaned into that. Um, I look, I liked this bit. I'm going to I'm going to be honest. I didn't realize it was going in that direction until it until like the swearing started until Until like this is the first. Yeah, like like the the, one of the wives is yelling that he's he's always uh, you know, that her husband oils things so much, he's like the, the bleep tin man. And it was like, hearing a bleep on Home Improvement was like, oh my god, what? I, I was expecting this, what? <laughs> that was going to be my question, was uh, when you, because she, that happens before it really goes into full Jerry Springer mode, and I'm like, I wonder how Truman, <laughs> in, that, in that liminal space between hearing the bleep and seeing it being Jerry Springer, how did he feel about an f bomb being dropped on Home Improvement? I, it was it was really just so, there's a certain way that I watch these episodes where I'm just kind of like okay yeah this happens this happens taking my notes and that happened then I was like what yeah it's like the I I I I was drinking some moonshine out of my flask as I was watching it and then when that happened I had to do a double take and then throw my flask away because I thought that that I I was just so fucked up that I was that I was uh you know seeing all this bleeping of 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 swear words. Um, what was more shocking, that or um, Al's mom dying on camera? Uh, Al's mom dying on camera, vastly, vastly more shocking. I'm sorry. <laughs> Nothing will ever top the, the turn that last episode made. But I, I do, like, this was just fun because it's like, I haven't thought about the Jerry Springer show in so long. I have Because it's been, I, I don't know, this just made me remember how in the 90s, you know, A, that was a thing, and B, a significant portion of society was really up in arms and kind of offended on a moral level by Jerry Springer and like, oh, I, oh, can you just imagine? Oh, it's just oh, so awful. And like now, looking back, that just that that our politics is Jerry Springer. It just seems so quaint the notion that like, oh yeah, for like the Jerry Springerization of our society at that time was just one hour of TV in the early afternoon that you'd watch <laughs> when you were homesick from school, like. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it like seeing seeing the show do such a kind of tone like like note perfect uh, parody of Jerry Springer, and then also this suggestion that ooh, it's oh, this is so bad and so trashy and well, so tasteless and so wrong is I don't know. It was all kind of quaint to me, and I I, I enjoyed it. I uh, for one thing, the Jerry Springer show. I think part of the moral outrage about it was that it was on. As soon as kids came home from school, because yeah. I watched it uh, and I was certainly wasn't home sick. Uh, so I think that it was the access that um, that kids had to such shocking behavior. Sure. Uh, and I don't know. I have a hard time looking back on that sort of thing because it, it's it's hand in hand with Girls Gone Wild culture to me. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I just it, it's something I 
the kids throw the word cringe around a lot. It's it's a little bit more than cringe to me. It's just like it's it's hard to look back and realize you were even not even around for, but somewhat unavoidably engaged with that culture. Yeah, I I I mean. I don't know. It's one of those things that I just look back at and I just kind of have to smile and just be like, man, that's true. Because it's I just think that it's it's still it just seems so much so tame compared to now when there's like the, you know, people, uh, you know, live streamers like, you know, going up and and streaming themselves, slapping random people in the face just to see what the reaction is on the street or like, you know, the or the or the family like. You know, the the mommy video bloggers who will, like, draft their children into comedy skits or something like that. Or yeah. or, or the, the politicians doing their Christmas cards where they're all holding, like, AR-15s and their wives, you know, yeah. the, the wife with the mouth duct taped shut, peace on earth. St- like, just every, everything. Taylor Green in a helicopter. Yes. Ev- everything, everything has gotten so trashy everywhere. But... Did it, that, but- was this a a something that moved the needle in that direction? I that's, mean, that's where, and this is where I'm wondering if maybe, and not to bring it here, but I'm wondering if our age difference a little bit mm-hmm. has a a aspect of how we feel about it. Because I feel I feel shameful and guilty for like actively taking part in that culture, where I I can't look at it as quaint because it's kind of like, oh, I have someone in my family that did something real bad and mm. it's just something that I can't escape and we all have to live with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess I, I guess if you were actively watching the show, like for me, the show was just sort of a thing that was I, like, I would see it occasionally, but I wouldn't, it was, I would guess I was young enough when it would be on and I would see it that it was like, this is good to look at for a minute or two, but ultimately it's not, I don't understand yeah, see, the nature of what I, they're arguing about. I was watching it, and mm. it also, like, I hate to admit it, but, you know, at the time before, you know, pre, you know, f- huge access to internet porn, there really, it was like the Girls Gone Wild culture was dominating the airwaves at of night course. on Comedy Central and other places. So, like, that was hand in hand. As I said, it's just kind of like all happening in my impressionable years and mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. i don't know it just it feels I, I feel gross by the whole thing whether it's you know something to be morally outraged about i don't know i don't have many morals so i can't say that but i do feel gross about it all i know that that makes perfect sense and i can also see yeah it, i think it is definitely an age difference thing because all of the all of the nasty shit that is wrapped up in both Jerry Springer, the aggression, the fighting, the, you know, all of that. And then Girls Gone Wild, the, you know, the the gross sex stuff of it. Uh, That all hits different when you're like a teenager versus when you're like nine or 10. So uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Point, point taken there. Look in the context of, of this episode, I think it's really funny to see a Jerry Springer situation breakout on tool time. And it's also, I re- recognizing like, wow, I'm surprised they never did something like this before. Like yeah. they did a whole X files parody, but they never did a Jerry Springer parody when <laughs> Tim is like 
hosting a show with guests and a kind of rowdy audience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I guess, you know, I got too caught up in the history of Jerry Springer to even comment on what's happening in this episode here. I mean, I, I do think this is a kind of natural fit and something kind of funny. Tim, as a character, feels awkward to place in the center of it. Yeah. Uh, because I don't feel... I feel like it'd be something he might put on for a little bit in the middle of the day, you know, if it happens to be on TV. Uh, I don't feel like he would be the type of person to encourage it, but I also don't feel like the type of person, he's the type of person that would be against it necessarily. I don't know. It's just like, he, he feels like such an amorphous thing to center this controversy around. I, yeah, it, it just really, you know, Tim, Tim, the anti-intellectual who loves the movie Bayonet Hell and hates opera <laughs> and like, you know, uh, make, you know, making armpit fart noises. He is the target demographic for yeah. Jerry Springer. It's like, oh, I've got half an hour before the NASCAR race is on. Oh, Jerry Springer. Oh, oh, oh. Like, it, yeah, it, it's. <laughs> but again, it's like it, the, the same thing last week where all of the changes being proposed to the show, more explosions, more whatever, and Tim being opposed to it on some moral level. It's like, where, you know, again, it's mystifying where all this is coming from. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But we've made that point a couple times now, so let's let's keep it trucking. Uh, uh, let's I, make the point six or seven more times. Come on, three episodes <laughs> left. I I will say, once chaos, chaos ensues, like, I, it put me in mind of... Um, uh, I guess it put me in mind of UHF doing a play on Geraldo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> where Weird Al gets a, a chair to the head, but that's what happened to Geraldo as well. Yeah. Uh, just kind of like organized chaos. I'm going to put all of these elements together because I know they're explosive and I'm going to encourage bad behavior. Uh, yeah. You know, from Morgan Wendell is, yeah. is doing all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got all the got all the bugs in the jar and he's shaking it to, to see him fight. <laughs> um. So where back- Tim just needs to go up to that jar and gently rub his hand on it and goes, maybe, maybe a little, little insects. Maybe you don't want to be so upset today. Maybe, maybe you want to go find another house elsewhere. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe everything's going to be okay. You just don't want to be here. Yeah. 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 Just a kinder, gentler Tim. He's just going to play some kind of soft music and try and convince them to leave. Um, <laughs> So backstage after the show, Morgan is thrilled. He thinks the show was amazing. Uh, Tim and Heidi and Al are all furious about what he's, uh, you know, what this about what he's doing to the show. How you know how Morgan has staged this whole fight. How he's trying to do this, and uh, you know they 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 go back out onto the main stage where a couple of PAs are dragging an unconscious person away while fanning their face, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious and great blocking. But that um, was good. Tim uh, Tim is protesting and saying he's not going to go along with this. Morgan says that he'll fire Tim if he doesn't agree to the new format. Tim says he'll go to Bud, but uh, uh, Morgan tells him, no, Bud has left Binford, so now uh, Morgan is running the show as far as tool time is, is concerned. So uh, Tim threatens to quit, and Morgan basically says, okay, do it. Um, yeah. The, so just hopping real quick on that last little exchange there. Yeah. Uh, this is where I... I really felt the kind of slimy, weaselly, spineless nature of Morgan Wendell, where Tim is going, well, I'll just go talk to Bud. And he's like, well, go ahead. It's not going to make much of a difference. He's not with us anymore. And Tim's like, well, Bud wouldn't leave without telling me. And he's like, well, he doesn't work here anymore, and you don't know, so I guess he would. Yeah. And Tim's like, well, who's above you? And Morgan Wendell, uh, Danny Zorn playing him, uh, just kind of like, 
puts his hands on his hips very kind of, uh, you know, non-discriminately, I guess. I don't know. I, I don't mm-hmm. know how to describe that. Just kind of like very loosely arms akimbo and kind of looks and sways around a bit. He goes, I don't know, God. <laughs> <laughs> and the the like seeing the worst person in the world who is someone who's never had power yeah. suddenly get power. Yeah. He he's like a villain to Tim that I would I I really wanted to see developed longer cuz I feel like it'd make the come up it's that much more sweeter. I, but I, uh I, that's why I'm curious how it's going to happen in the the next two episodes. I, you know what? I totally agree with you and reflecting on this scene, I think I've I've I I've nailed like Morgan Wandell reminds me of the bad guy in kind of any given Paul Verhoeven movie. You know what I mean? You know how like <laughs> Like the bad guy in Total Recall, or like the the that one executive in RoboCop who winds up getting killed by Clarence Boddicker halfway through. Spoiler alert! Like, or, or like, or or even or even like Kyle MacLachlan in Showgirls. Like he's it just like there's a certain kind of like aggressive douche yuppie who it's, who yeah, is but the it, bad guy in a Verhoeven movie who seems to be this guy, and I want him to develop more. But he he's what I think sets him apart though is he has unearned pomposity which is a really great i don't know trait to have as a villain yes yeah no i do a comedic villain yeah 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 um yeah it it is it 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 is great to see him i don't know i'm also so much gets covered in this scene where like wait wait hang on bud who's been a character on the show for years is just gone he just left the company. Where did he go? Why did he leave? He was on an episode like two episodes ago. Where, where, right. uh, we don't get any kind of send off for him at all. And now, and now there's no like replacement of bit. Like now, now Tool Time belongs entirely to Morgan. This is like wait, yeah, this is. I'm mean, hold on, hold on, hold, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is bringing up all new questions about how Binford works because it's it, like is but, is Morgan Binford? Yeah. Because or or is Morgan is Tool Time a subsidiary of Binford run by Bud? Does Bud run Binford or does Bud run Tool Time? I guess I mean, is what Bud, I'm coming down to. Bud runs Binford, but it's like Bud hired Morgan to run Tool Time, but then Bud left the company seemingly independent of this, and then it's like. Like, Morgan is still brand new. There's not been any sort of review of the person who Bud hired in his last three weeks on the job. Like, the new CEO of Binford isn't like, uh, yeah, maybe we should get rid of this weird guy who the previous person appointed so I can, like, have my own <laughs> shop. Like, Well, that, that's what I, I, I guess I, I don't feel like the episode addresses, and they're just kind of, like, skirting over it, which is, I think they're trying to make us think that Morgan is the new Binford or CEO of Binford. But if that's the case, he certainly has no interest at all in a tool company. He just wants the TV show. It's man, it's it's like it's like Game of Thrones or like me playing Crusader Kings 3. Like whoever is the whoever is king of Binford seems to change every day or like there's, you know, oh well, we we killed the next two people in the line of succession. So now when Bud departs, Morgan becomes the new, you know, under the primogeniture laws of the of the realm. It's it's yeah. <laughs> It's 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 wild the kind of musical chairs they play at the top of this company. Yeah. Uh, I have another very important question for you. Uh, great, great. What background I, detail did you zero in on this time? No background detail. Uh, I am you 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 spent eight seasons, but 
just begrudging overalls. Yes. Uh, Heidi has a new Binford short sleeveless jumpsuit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, branded jumpsuit that she has to wear. So the overalls are gone. Yeah. Uh, and I, I wanted to just get your, I wanted to capture your, your thoughts on that. I, I mean, okay, well, look, you, you said that I've spent eight seasons lambasting overalls. I think I made, like, I three, three begrudging. Oh, I'm sorry, not lambasting. And certainly not lamenting, God forbid. I made <laughs> two or three comments, like, five seasons ago about not being totally crazy about overalls as a uh, fashion choice mm-hmm. for uh, Pamela Anderson, I think, who was the tool girl at that point. And now everyone is just, everyone is, and by everyone I mean you, the only person and I ever talked yeah. to is uh, is making a big thing like I'm some big opponent of overalls. So first, well, all, I, the, I, all the all the you know private texts you send me in you know your anti overall uh, stances. You know, Landon, <laughs> I can't the, tell you how many Facebook posts you have sent me about it. I, I mean, look, I send those on Telegram because I want them to be encrypted and private because the, my views on overalls uh, could really <laughs> land me in hot water. Uh, no, look, the jumpsuit that she's wearing. Uh, I don't know. I I don't. Uh, I don't think I was. A, I wasn't asking about your thoughts on the jumpsuit necessarily. Oh. I was just thinking like the the overalls are gone. It's a it's a. I felt like a key aspect to the tool girl to Heidi and but, Lisa before her. But that it's a change that obviously Morgan is making. Um, feel, feel like I don't the, know. I feel like the overalls have been gone for years, though. Like they've been gone for a long time. Like Heidi mainly just like, wears like like cut off shorts and a tight top. Like she's not wearing like. Because if if she'd been wearing hmm. overalls, you would have gone like, ooh, 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 overalls, Truman, comment on this. So I, I don't think, I think we would have remembered if there had been overalls at some point. That's let's, what you sound let's like. Let's open an older episode and see uh, see if I'm Mandela affecting this. Yeah, yeah, uh, let, okay. let's listen to an episode, old episode of Grunt Work right now, yeah. Episode 15, oh, Heidi is in a magician's outfit. Uh, yeah. That doesn't help. Yeah, okay, <laughs> okay. okay. How about episode 12? Uh, what does she wear in this yeah, uh, she chew up is, that clock, okay. Man. Oh, yeah. god damn it! You're right. She's yeah. got kind of a jean shirt or a jean short, jean I, skirt thing, yeah. and a and a pastel top. Okay, I I would have I would have noticed if there had been overalls. I probably would have commented on it. So I guess I'm I'm coming f- coming all around and saying yes. I guess I am that upset about overalls that I would have something to say about it if it happened. <laughs> Great, Landon, um, you win. Uh, I got to get these petty. Petty wins before the show's over. Exactly. Um, okay. Uh, what else about this scene behind the scenes? I, I mean, I think that the biggest the biggest things that Tim says, I'll quit if I have if if you make me go ahead with these changes, and Morgan says, okay, we'll do it, and that's how the scene ends. But then in the next scene, Tim is saying, yeah, I quit. So it's like we don't actually see him saying I quit. Moreover, we just see him getting the ultimatum. Okay. I'm glad you brought that up because, and this will transition us into the next scene, uh, which uh, we get a, a transition of uh, just black goes to commercial, comes back, and Tim says that. So we're in the Taylor house, and he's telling Jill about this. Um, synopsize the scene in just a second, but how did you, did you, do you feel like it's him actually quitting? Well, I was just, I was confused because it's like, is he, is he, did he quit? Or did he? Is he saying I'm I'm gonna quit? We're gonna quit? Like he said, I quit on the spot. Yeah. He says that Alan Heidi quit on the spot, but we didn't see 
that it's so, like the villain getting shot off screen. You can't be sure until you see the bullet go through their head. Yeah, exactly. So I'm almost I'm almost thinking, well, wait, is this? I, I mean, are they just going to take this away because we didn't actually see it happen? This is just a false thing, and and he's going to wind up keeping the show. Well, it's yeah, yeah. I'm kind of curious about that. I mean, because they they hit the second half of this episode is all about Jill and in Indiana, so. Uh, the they hit that really hard for the remainder of the episode without really going back too much to to Tim, although he does say he quit tool time to Wilson as well. I mean, yeah. do you think the door is still open for this to like have Morgan Wendell get his comeuppance? They save tool time somehow and move to Indiana or do they not move to Indiana? I mean, where are your thoughts on that so far? I mean, I feel like if tool time gets saved, then I feel like they can't move to Indiana like they should, because that's a good opportunity for Jill. I mean, Mm -hmm. the greatest thing would be that the, that, that Morgan is vanquished, but Tim regardless quits the show because now it's time for him to support Jill. And it's like, well, I would like to keep doing the show, but you know what? This is a huge opportunity for my wife Mm -hmm. and I want to, I want to help her. That would be incredible. That would be an amazing Mm -hmm. ending to the show. I would be stoked on that, but I've learned over the years to not get my hopes (laughs) up too much. So I'm not gonna, Uh I'm not gonna hang my, my hat on that one. Um, I know, I know a few answers to that, but not all of the answers. So mm. I, I'm, I'm a little bit in the dark as well. Uh, yeah. What, what, what do you think? What, what do you think is going to happen? Well, I, I, I don't want to comment because I know a few things that will happen. Sure. So, okay. But there okay. are a handful that I, I'm unsure about, and I'm, I'm curious how they play out. Well, look. So speaking of Tim quitting, because we get this yeah. this scene where Tim comes home, Jill is about to go to a meeting with Doctor Hanover. Tim tells her that he quit and that uh, tomorrow's show is going to be his last tool time. And uh, Jill asks, well, what are we going to do for money? And Tim starts saying, oh, well, uh, you know, uh, I can start a classic car shop or something like that. And Jill goes through all the reasons that, no, that's not going to work at all. Like, you, there are experts who have more experience than you or you could fail right out of the box. And Tim doesn't love that. Um, and so that's the end of the scene. Jill has to go and talk to Dr. Hanover. Um but so when Jill says, you know, he tells Jill, I quit tool time. And she says, what are we going to do for money? This was the first time I realized, holy shit. What what else would Tim Taylor do besides host tool time? <laughs> like the, the man well, he is literally, he's completely unemployable. He is. Well, yes, he this is the frustrating thing about people like Tim Taylor. He would fall upwards. You know, he would own something. You know, he. he partly owns the hardware store so you know like he would become the face of the hardware store and becomes from like okay oh my god i'm getting ready get ready for landon going on a soapbox here okay Uh, get ready he's gonna call some people out of the audience and start (laughs) a fight we have a movie chain here called marcus theaters Mm -hmm. and it's basically our amc Mm -hmm. and it's owned by this guy named mr marcus i I think (laughs) his name's greg I don't know. He's a did, fucking doofus, and he did, comes he, on. Yeah. Wait, wait, does he does he do the the Nicole Kidman thing before every movie where he's talking yes. about how heartbreak feels good there? Yes, he does, but he does it in such a like cal- not calculated. He's self deprecating, thinking it's funny, but it just looks pitiful. Mm. But he's also this like magnet that owns this massive theater chain. And has control over basic, basically a monopoly over what movies are shown in Wisconsin. Amazing. And Amazing. I fucking hate him. 
that without the self-deprecated nature of it, that's who Tim would be. He would own Harry's hardware, turn it into Tim's hardware, and then suddenly he owns all of the tool stores in Michigan or Indiana or who the fuck knows where. Uh, this is this is kind of what I love the more I learn about the Midwest is how there's just like weird rich dudes who who kind of have cornered a certain industry in a region and so it's like you know the 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 Myers or whatever a, a de- hardware store chain or department store chain which is run by like the you know some wealthy local family where like a couple of them have been congressmen or like this weird dude who owns all the movie theaters in Wisconsin and has to be like a personality and has control over what yeah. movies get shown. I love that it's just these little weird business fiefdoms of weird dudes. That's something I feel like you don't get as much on the coasts. <laughs> yeah, I know. Maybe I, maybe they're just so big on the coast that they've learned their lesson that we can be more powerful in the shadows. I, that. I, uh... <laughs> I mean, it, it in in light of that, and in light of looking at this, it does kind of make it does explain Tim a lot more. Actually, just understanding him as a character as just one of a long line of kind of like influential, weird, politically conservative Midwestern dudes who kind of have outsides influence within a specific geographic region. <laughs> um, I hate that that's a thing. I mean, it. I mean, again, this is this is an observation by me, a person who has visited the Midwest for three days of his life. So I, I'm maybe not the scion <laughs> of this of this area, but it it seems like that's what's going on. I think it's an astute observation. Yeah, and you know, my partner will tell you every time we see him come on screen and have one of those commercials, I'm like, I'm gonna if I ever see, I want to get into a street brawl with Mr. Marcus, like. <laughs> I I have serious animosity for that guy. He boasted about having the best screen quality and sound in the business. And then we saw Mission Impossible and it was the quietest movie showing I've ever heard. Sound you can't feel. Because here, <laughs> heartbreak sounds quiet. <laughs> Uh, for God's sake. Okay, I when when I'm out there, I want to go see. Well, I I at least want to see this clip. I I want to see this thing that infuriates you because it's now suddenly <laughs> fascinating to me that you have just a weird little movie theater king <laughs> ruining culture for one state. I'll see if I can find him online so that we don't actually have to go to a movie. Okay, okay, great, excellent. But yeah, no, but okay, yeah, you're right. Tim would probably fail up. It's just for any normal person that the like. I mean, just looking at his skill set, it's like, what can you do? Well, I'm not, like, I had this tool show where everyone preferred my co-host. I routinely injure myself and humiliate myself and waste the company's money. And I'm most, if you watch any recent episodes, all you're going to see is me, uh, you know, publicly calling out my boss for making me do a thing I didn't want to do. I'm a great employee. Hire me. How do I? I found a whole playlist of his intros. Oh, God. Okay, okay. I wasn't even listening to what you said. Uh, That's fine. <laughs> it, uh, you know, neither were our listeners, so it's it, okay. it's great. I'm, I'm happy to be your background uh, ASMR. How do I share a, a YouTube playlist? I, I I don't I I don't I don't rightly know. Uh, I think you, maybe if you just send me one, the the rest will be uh, included in there. Or maybe you just go to the first one in the playlist, and you can send that link. Okay. <laughs> did I get this old? Oh my god, that happened on air. Yeah, I know that did happen on. Air. Oh, Landon, I think I think you're muted. So you want to go down to the bottom of the screen and click <laughs> the microphone. God, no. You can't you can't play the like, "Oh, well, I'm older than you, so I understand Jerry Springer differently" card without me getting to play this card back. <laughs> god damn it. Oh, I accept it. I accept okay. it. 
Okay. I'm not happy about it, but I accept it. All there right, you I'm go. sending that... you a Mr. Marcus clip. I, 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 can't, I can't wait. Um, so... But yeah, so Jill has head off to uh, headed off to meet with Doctor Hanover. Unless we're watching the Greg Marcus thing on no, like, no, we no, I'll, I'll share it. Good, okay, I'll, th- th- I'll share it on our Discord. That's a little that's a little treat for me to watch after the recording. Uh, so unless you have more about this scene, oh, what scene are we talking about? <laughs> uh, where where Tim is told Jill that he's quitting, and she's asked what oh, he's yeah. going to do for money, and then and then she leaves to go see Doctor Hanover. No, I think you make an astute point. I also had the same question of like, well, what is he going to do for money? Uh, yeah, and that that continues to be a question I have um, <laughs> through the end of this episode. So yeah, uh, yeah, let's go on to the Doctor Hanover. Okay, well, perfect. So Jill meets Doctor Hanover at his office, where after her typical nervous bumbling in front of him, uh, she finds out that he's recommended her for a job with a. Uh, you know, a, you know, psychologist who's a professional on family counseling and wants her to work in his adolescent development program. Uh, Jill asks, oh my God, this is, uh, how, how much would I be making? Because my husband just lost his job and, and, you know, this is going to be a big consideration. And, uh, Dr. Hanover says, well, people don't take these entry-level jobs for the money and basically explains that, no, it won't be paid very well at all. And that the salary won't be enough to support a family of five. And then he drops uh-huh. the final bombshell, which is that the job is in Indiana. Um, what, what's the bigger bombshell? That it's in Indiana or that she has a family of five? Uh, well, yeah, 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 exactly. Because I feel like there's a Puerto Rican uh, peasant lady who's providing for one of those five. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I, <laughs> I was a little shocked, I gotta be honest. As soon as he said a family of five and, like... It was almost like they realized they hadn't acknowledged Randy in so long that they couldn't just say his name. They had to, like, acknowledge, oh, yeah, no, this is a family of five. We knew yeah. that. Of yeah. course. Of course there's five five people, right? I mean, yeah. you've got the three boys. You've got Brad. You've got Mark. And you've got Marty. Marty. Yeah, yeah. You've got Randy is what I meant. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they had to kind of soften us up for it before they they invoke uh, Randy's name in, in in a later scene. Yeah. Um, so, what? Here's the thing about this scene. I was okay. uh, blinded with rage watching it. Oh, because Jill has been going to school for about more than half the series. She's been yes. working so hard. She's done all this. She's attained this advanced degree in a medical field. And yes. she gets her first job and it's like, oh, well, yeah, you know, the money's really bad and you won't be able to support a family on it. What the fuck? What the, fu- <laughs> what the fuck? She's a therapist. You know how much my well, therapist, you know what I pay my therapist? He can definitely support a family off that shit. What? Why can't Jill? Why? Huh? Why? T- talk to me. Fucking Dr. Hanover or Ted Lee, this guy in Indiana who she's going to be working for. C- come fight me, Ted Lee. Were you pocketing all the money? Jill's well, doing all this work and she doesn't get the money? Fuck that. You have to move to Indiana and we're going to pay you <laughs> shit money. And by the way, how much was she spending on her advanced degree? She's going to be in student debt forever. Fuck that. This world's so fucked, man. You gotta destroy capitalism, Landon. I'm furious about this. And, and they just and Jill's just supposed to eat this dog turd of an offer. Ugh. I mean, yes, I the they don't hit the the point hard enough that Dr. Lee is someone that is worth studying under or working for. Uh, because I do have that same feeling as like 
why even consider this? You got to move out of state. You're, you know, you have a home. You, kids are going off to college. Like, this is not the time to be moving. And yeah. there will be other job offers. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I had that same thought. Uh, I mean, as far as, <laughs> as as far as like just right out of school getting a job. I mean, she did go back to school late, and there's a whole process of like doing your residence and then starting a firm. You know. Not starting a firm, but joining yeah. a, a group of other people yeah. and then slowly developing your caseload and then breaking off on your own. I mean, it takes time. That part I understand. Why she can't get paid a decent living wage, I don't know, but that's infuriating. I agree. I mean, it's one thing if the pay at your first therapy job isn't as good as the pay that a therapist who has a decade or more of experience gets. It's another thing. if that, He's like talking about it like she's going to make, she would have made more money at Dairy Queen or something. It's yeah, like, what I was know. All okay, this so this for? is, the, you're right. It's it's kind of an unnecessary complication to this plot, which I'm like, why, why is money even a thing here? I mean, like, why, I don't want to see this like upper mid, you know, middle class family like at the last second suddenly have to ha wonder what they're going to do for money like i yeah. haven't really quite i mean outside of like how much does tim fucking make yeah uh, i haven't really questioned their means of living through this series and i'm kind of glad about that because i might get a little angry at certain points uh if i had yeah like i don't need to have sympathy for their their financial woes at the last second like that should it, it should be the exact opposite it should be a selling point of like not only do you get to study under dr lee uh and you'll be you know far ahead when you start your own firm uh by studying under him but you can't turn down this pay like yeah that's the thing that like tim just lost his job and suddenly this other big you know cash cow comes in Th that's the the enticing part of going to Indiana. Yeah, exactly. Like, because it would still set up the same conflict with Tim over Tim not wanting to move and Tim not wanting there to be change. But then it would yeah. also simultaneously, it would also give Tim something to grapple with where Jill's going to be the breadwinner. Yeah. Jill's going to be making more money than him. Like, if anything, if he, it leans into that harder. Him, yeah. you know, like it, it makes it more an emotional arc to have to have Tim go through of like the only thing keeping them there is Tim's attachment and unwillingness to change and support Jill. Yes. And that is so much more rewarding than, uh, you know, for you know, rewarding of a conclusion to the series, um, than this other yeah. option, but it is. Yeah. It is. I just, Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah well you know we you know it's it's really about so much more than the money we're all kind of a family here at this therapy clinic you know you can't you can't put a price on that well we work hard but we also play hard just uh I just, mm. <laughs> well so then we go to the next scene where jill's gonna tell him about the job and i, I wonder if they made this financial thing a part of this specifically for this scene which when jill tells him hey i got this job offer it's in indiana it doesn't pay very much, uh, and I just thought we can open it for discussion. And Tim's like, ha, ha, no. Yeah, yeah. He he shoots it down immediately. We're, you know, she says, oh, it's not much money, but there's a lot of potential for more. And Tim just goes, we're not moving to Indiana for potential. And then he just, like, completely refuses to discuss it because he doesn't want to leave his sports teams. He doesn't want to leave his mechanic. He doesn't want to leave the house that he built. And... uh 
Jill, it's Jill gets super angry at him, rightfully so, and says, for 20 years, my life has revolved around your career, and I finally have an opportunity to start my own, and you don't even have one. And uh, Tim does not take that well, and he storms out. Um, yeah, I, I, to me, it, it's the, the financial aspect of this makes us much more weak. Uh, yeah. Where I, I, yeah, I already made my point. It, I just, I would have loved to have seen Tim, like, as we've seen his character do in the past, kind of holding on to illogical things to support his argument when you know that it's like, you you can't, you, you know what the right thing to do here is. And, you know, it's it'll be cathartic to watch you work through it and hopefully come to a satisfying, you know, conclusion about it. But, yeah, this just kind of muddies the waters of what the argument's even about. Like, because it, it kind of gives Tim a... a a little bit of a point of view where it's like, yeah, can you move to Indiana with no income? I mean, or little income. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, hopefully I got, I would hope they are at least going to pay her relocation expenses, but you know what? Probably not even that. Um, yeah. It, it, Tim is, Tim is really like obstinate in a way that, that would ordinarily piss me off in this episode, but because he comes around by the end, spoiler alert, I, I have less to gripe about because it's like, okay, well they're showing him doing the bad thing, but then he winds up <laughs> doing the noble thing. Well, and, and that the, the space between those things is like pretty immediate too. I mean, yeah. like it, he walks off and then immediately we go to outside where he talks to Wilson and uh, Wilson kind of brings Tim around to the realization here. Yeah, and you can also sort of forgive someone for being confronted with the prospect of having to make such a massive upheaval to their life and them initially yeah. reacting poorly. Like, that's not optimal you, when your partner tells you, hey, I have a great opportunity. It, ideally, your first response is to be supportive of her or at least have the conversation and not refuse out of hand. But I, I, anyway, anyway, th it's beside the point. Um, so, yeah, do, you, uh, do, do, we, do we go out back? Do we go to Wilson? Yeah, let's go to Wilson. Okay, so Tim goes out back where Wilson is hosing off his rocks. Uh, Tim tells him that he's quit his job and that Jill wants to move to Indiana. And uh, after some prodding from Wilson, Tim finally confesses that the reason that he uh, doesn't want to do it isn't because of anything to do with the sports teams or his mechanics, but just he's scared of change. And Wilson basically tells him, yeah, you should support your wife. And Tim admits that he never thought that he would have to make the same sacrifices for Jill that she did for him. And Wilson tells him that he'd never want to lose him as a neighbor, but he and Jill need to do what's right for them. So uh, Wilson says, I'd better get back to hosing off my rocks. And Tim says, I'd better get inside and save mine and walks back into the house. Um, yeah. No, so, no ancient wisdom in this one. More just kind no. of Wilson being like, yeah, dude, don't be a dick. <laughs> also, Wilson, with the kind of angelic uh, temperament of like, wasn't it this season where, or maybe it was last season, uh, Wilson wanted to move, and Tim was like, you can't move. I need you. <laughs> no, it was and like... And Wilson doesn't even, like, hold that over him. He's just like, hey, I wouldn't like to lose you as a neighbor. That would suck for me a lot, but, you know, I want the best for you. Like, I, what an angel of a man. I, yes, true. What an angel of a man. Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, Tim, Tim to, was going to the point of trying to sabotage the sale of Wilson's house to keep him from moving, which is insanity. I mean, I, but also if I'm Wilson, I'm, I'm like, yeah, you know, the house is nice. There's just this, 
neighbor next door who's just constantly bothering me when I'm trying to just be in my backyard. So then if I found out that he was leaving, I I had a roommate who lived with me for six years who uh, always paid rent on time and was fairly tidy in, in, in certain ways regarding the common areas, but also was just a really annoying weird kind of creepy guy and when he finally came to me and told me that he was going to be moving out i was kind of like oh wow wow man it's going to be a shame to see you i'd hate to lose you as a roommate but if that if moving to west hollywood is what's best for you then you should do that like uh i feel like wilson might be having a similar thing where it's like i'm finally rid of this guy okay that's awesome i don't want to overplay my hand but this could really work out yeah well and likewise i mean <laughs> uh he's gonna have a hard time i mean whoever's buying the taylor house is gonna have a hard time uh or tim is gonna have a hard time selling the taylor house having someone live next to wilson and share a fence line with wilson i mean i i mean I, he's gonna have a hard time selling the taylor house mainly because he's blown up so many parts of it and he has to explain well, where all the fuck true. spots are but yeah <laughs> But, I mean, all the different smells coming from the other side of the fence. Ugh, I'm sure yes. different lights and sounds and uh, just a, a very chatty neighbor. That alone is enough to kind of send a chill up my spine. Yeah, but Will, Wilson is never... I get the impression that Wilson is the kind of neighbor where you can be in your backyard and he can be in his backyard and you'll, like, kind of greet each other and that will be that. He can be unoccupied. Like, mm. the, the recurring motif on this show is not Wilson coming in the backyard and bothering Tim. It's Tim going <laughs> in the backyard and bothering... Wilson is That's only fair. Yeah. He only seems chatty because the main character on the show never stops chatting to him. <laughs> I guess I yeah, when you the, when you point it out like that it makes more sense. The defense rests. Um yeah. So uh I don't know. Have you if you never have much about the Wilson scenes. I don't know. Do you want to move back inside? No, I mean, well, I think no, we should you don't. talk about Wilson a little bit. I don't have too much, but you know, we don't have many more times to talk about Wilson. I, I figured it's worth yeah, exploring a little bit. I mean, um, no, I don't got anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> great, great. So you set up how important it is for us to keep talking about Wilson and then admit that there is nothing because it's kind of a bland Wilson scene. Like he doesn't it really is. have uh, he doesn't call on any old advice. He's not even doing anything that weird. He's spraying a hose on a bunch of rocks that he collected on a camping trip, which is a thing that like, I don't know, that's not out of the ordinary. That's not weird at all. No, Uh Okay, here's something. It's not really about Wilson, but it is about the scene. And I, I don't know how how true to life we want to go with this, but I, I realize I'm I'm really not of this personality type, and I'm wondering if it is just something some people do at times. Where this, I mean, Tim walks out on Jill and immediately into the backyard. Yeah, and, you know, Wilson says a few things to kind of open up Tim's Tim's perspective a little bit, but. Really, I feel like Tim, you know, when he lays down on that that you know lounger out back, yeah, he kind of has this disposition about of like I I know what I need to do here, and like he doesn't need much coaxing to know what you know the right perspective on this thing is, yeah, and uh, so I, I guess the question is like if he knew that then did he know it when he was telling Jill no. And if so, what what's that all about? <laughs> I mean, I I think it's why why of... do people do that? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I I think I I I think it's it's kind of what I was speaking to earlier, where I think it's just Tim doesn't have a lot of uh, emotional development, and yeah. he's he's already kind of unmoored because he's lost the show and is trying to figure out what he's doing next. 
and Jill has come to him with this suggestion that will completely upend his worldview and indeed his world. And I think just that Tim's knee-jerk response to this thing is to deny it and make excuses to not do it because he's not mature Mm. enough to actually consider it and see that it's the right thing. Is it kind of like just a a petulant form of trying to regain control? Let's see. Could it be petulance from the man who is bristling at the notion of Binford uh, putting any sort of constraints on his TV show, even when the things they want to do are all things that Tim seems to like doing? Yeah, I think it's I think it's petulance. (laughs) (laughs) I I guess I meant it more in the, the like childish way. Like you said, he was he wasn't matured enough. And I'm wondering if it's like an undeveloped way of trying to get control of something. Maybe yeah. petulant wasn't the right term for it. Yeah, no, no. I mean, it is, It is. I think, I, yeah, I think it is childish to just, it's sort of the, you know, fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. Uh, I'm just going to say no to whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, uh, he's killing in the name of. Um, <laughs> Testify. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, he, you know, th- th- this bull doesn't want to parade down to Indiana. <laughs> I, and I'm I'm quickly running out of Rage Against the Machine titles, so we should probably get out of this bit. I mean, wh- wh- so you've never been confronted with something where your initial response has just been a knee-jerk no, and it hasn't taken you some time to kind of, like, realize that it's it's the right, the uh, you know, the right outcome? I don't, I mean, I suppose it's possible, but I, I don't, I've... I don't have a lot of knee-jerk reactions, I gotta be honest. I, yeah. I'm a very... I mean, do you... You've known me for many years now. I mean, I feel my own view of myself is I'm a very mild-tempered person unless you start getting me talking about fucking Quentin Tarantino and then I'm gonna go off. Yeah, you, you wouldn't like him. a pistol grip pump, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't like him when he's angry. Um... I know. I mean, yeah, no, you, you, you are, you, yeah, you're not a knee jerky person. Your knees are very, very slow and modulated in their, in their reactions they to cr- things. They creak a lot. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's, but, but that's, yeah, you just look, and there's a guy on this show who likes to oil things. So you could get, uh, you could get your knees to stop creaking. Hey, all right. Uh, yeah, you could get um, lubed up. Uh, no, sorry. Uh, I, yeah, I guess it's not, it's not, and look, honestly, it's, uh, you know, it's not really a thing that I do either because I have the tendency to maybe through therapy or just through my upbringing to kind of like, even if I'm confronted with an idea or a suggestion that I don't love to kind of be like, okay, well, let me just think about that for a while before I respond to it and not just spout off. But yeah, yeah, I, you know, but again, it, it's, it's all, it, it's all on brand for Tim to do that. Yeah, it is. I'm not denying that. I just, I thought I'd take a second to try to understand it since it was so clearly displayed here of like he kind of knows what the thing is to do and but how could he know in this moment but not two seconds before when he was just adamantly saying no well i mean it's maybe it's the difference between jill telling it to him versus a man telling it to him you know that that's i i'm i'm sorry to take it there but it seems like so often he will have an argument with Jill yeah. and then Wilson will basically restate Jill's position to him. But it's like, oh, because it's coming from an older man and I am lacking a father figure in my life. Now I understand what that what that woman was trying to tell Ugh. me to do. Ugh. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Mine aren't you glad fucked. we hung out and talked about Wilson? Isn't aren't you glad we yeah. got to this place? <laughs> so good. So glad. <laughs> uh. So, okay, but look, going from being mad at Tim, we can go back inside to a place where we can be proud of Tim. Because oh, Tim God, is... yes, because I got my Mark question. 
Yeah, okay. So Tim is serving up pizza, which also looks delicious, to the boys and telling them about the Indiana move. The boys both don't like it. They don't want to go. They also bring up that Randy probably wouldn't want to move either. Randy? Who's Randy? What the hell? Um, <laughs> but Tim Tim tells the boys that it's really important because this is a huge opportunity for their mother. She's been in school for so long. She's worked really hard for this opportunity, and they need to support her. Jill comes in, asks what they're talking about. Uh, Tim tells them they're talking about Indiana. She says, no, 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 no. We're not going to do that. I'm not going to, you know, uproot you guys. And Brad and Mark both say, no, you know what? We're let's let's do it. Let's go to Indiana. Brad points out he's about to leave for college. Mark says, I'm about to change schools anyway. This is a chance to meet some all new girls. And so, yeah, they've decided. Um, so, yeah. OK, Landon, Mark, won't you? <laughs> Here, Mark and Randy, I have so many questions about yep. the logistics here. Mark, Mark, yes. Mark, changing schools. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm changing schools anyway. What's happening? Yeah, you're still. Yeah, like you're not in middle school. That's for damn sure. So it's not like you're about to start high school. You go to the same school as Brad, who's in high school. Why are you changing schools? <laughs> what are you Something doing? Weird is going on with that. I don't. Are you going to some? Like, I don't understand that at all. Fame, like <laughs> school, all of a sudden, and and you're going to ch- like I yeah. I don't. Un- I don't understand. Uh, it, it doesn't make any sense. Also, a question about Randy's um missionary stuff. Whatever he's doing down there. Yeah, yeah, his missionary position. Yeah. <laughs> Just, Go on. It's that. Was that program just for his junior year? And if so, would he be back in the Taylor household for senior year? Yeah, th- th- this is the exact exchange. Brad saying, I bet Randy doesn't want to go either. Have you talked to him? And then Tim saying, he doesn't even want to, I haven't, but he doesn't even want to leave Costa Rica. Some tribe probably found out he has a flashlight and turned him into a god. So, Ugh. yeah, I mean, A, a it's positing that Randy is in the middle of a the gods must be crazy situation, which is uh, <laughs> something to consider. But, uh... <laughs> B, it's positing that Tim has not even thought to call Randy to tell him that any of this is in the air. And, yeah. and it's like, cause he, at the beginning of the scene, no, I haven't talked to Randy yet. By the end of the scene, they've decided to move. Okay, I guess Randy is just not plugged into this decision at all, even though they've no, told no. him, you'll always have a home in this house. It's like, well, you don't have the house anymore, Randy. Um, <laughs> I, I, huh? I, I, eh? Um. But so, but I mean, okay. In theory, is would Randy be coming back for his final year in high school? I mean, I suppose in theory, but it the way everyone is acting, it seems like they've just kind of assumed that Randy will never come back from the jungle. Like the fact well, that they, okay, that so they I don't guess even loop him in. I, that's what I'm like vaguely getting around to is like there, there's. No situation which Mark is switching schools here, and they're treating it as if Randy just is now a Puerto Rican by citizenship. Well, so, well, I mean, well, I mean, Puerto Ricans are Americans by citizenship, and he's in Costa Rica, so that's that's oh, for fuck's sake. I'm sorry, glasses up nose. Thank you very much. Go on. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna reorient those glasses up your nose for sure. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah you can reorient those glasses somewhere else. Uh, <laughs> But I, so I guess what the point I'm trying to get around to is that this is all just very contrived tying up of loose ends so that they can move forward with this decision, even though none of it is even logically true. 
I mean, I've never I've never seen a teenage boy in the middle of high school be so chill about the prospect of leaving all of his friends behind in his last two years of school. Like kind of the kind of the worst time to uproot your kids yes. when they have like two more years of high school. Like, hey, start from scratch in a whole new city, kid. Hope you enjoy the next two years of your life. Um, <laughs> I hope one of your parents is a therapist. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, there is that. Uh, although, look look how fucked up Dr. Hanover's kid is, and, and his dad's a therapist, so uh, th- things may not work out so Step-dad. well. Stepdad. Stepdad. Tr- stepdad, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, There's a whole other layer to that. Ugh, God. Um, that family is what I call Shrekking. Oh, because of layers. the uh, because like onions. Okay, yeah. Yes. I was thinking. Wait, was, was Shrek's dad a, a a therapist? In in which case, <laughs> I would think Shrek would have worked through some of his issues about uh, about you know wanting privacy and to be separate from society and how that's really rooted in greater self loathing. Our next podcast is psychoanalyzing Shrek. Only the first one. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I they 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 make the decision to move, and it is. Very sweet the way that the boys are immediately yeah. on board with supporting their mom, but it also doesn't make a lick of goddamn sense. Okay, I, well, I'm glad I, I, that we can agree on all counts. Yes, that, that's the thing we tend to do on this podcast, though. <laughs> also, funny line here, uh, uh, Mark says, I can't think of one good thing about Indiana, and Brad goes, they have a town called French Lick, which... <laughs> <laughs> I, I I love the, the horny metrosexual Brad that we're getting right at the end. I am going to look up French Lick, Indiana. Uh, yeah, careful. Yeah, be sure to put Indiana on the end of that, because you might otherwise wind up looking at porn <laughs> yet again while we're recording. Why is French Lick, Indiana famous? By the latter half of the 19th century, French was Lick li- was <laughs> famous in the United States as a spa town. Ooh, in the early 20th century, it also featured casinos attracting celebrities such as boxer Joe Lewis, composer Irving Berlin, and oh. gangster Al Capone. Wow! All the all the brightest lights of the Midwest going off to going off to French Lick. Do you think that the guy who who owns all those movie theaters in Madison uh, or in Wisconsin also goes to French Lick to to unwind and relax? Maybe. Yeah. Well, do you want to know how much a night in French Lick is? Yeah, how much is how much is One Night in French Lick, a movie that I definitely didn't torrent and uh, watch late at night. <laughs> uh, average price on a week night is $332. Oh Jesus French Lick, what am I a Vanderbilt? Come on. <laughs> I mean, like that's like I don't know. I'm I don't want to like piss off any Indiana listeners here, but if the, uh, I I'm just saying, it's not like this place is in Hawaii. Like you can't be like, you've already got to get me to come to Indiana. Like, you really need to entice me with this one, you know? You know? Oh. You know? French Lick got its name because it was built on a trading post near a spring and a salt lick. Oh, okay. Cool. So we really are leaning into just this becoming an Indiana facts-related podcast. We're, we're just doing this. Every week it's a different town. French Lick specifically. I'm, look, next week it's Muncie, so, uh, so get ready. <laughs> Um, okay, what else is happening in the scene? Um, oh, we, we finished that scene. Yeah, we finished we? that what's, scene. What's going on? Yeah, no, yeah. no, what's going on is we're going to our next and final scene where yeah. uh, it's it's kind of like it's the next morning. Everybody's getting ready for school. The, the mm-hmm. boys are 
are heading off and, and, you know, Jill is eating breakfast at the breakfast counter and she's saying, boys, don't forget to, you know, don't forget to grab your lunches for school. And Brad goes, mom, we haven't taken our lunch to school since fifth grade. And they, they go out and Tim tosses them the car keys and then says, wait for me. And they, Tim and Jill have kind of this quiet moment together at the breakfast counter where Jill is about to make the the call to Dr. Lee to accept the job. And Tim is about to go and do his last ever episode of tool time. And uh, they, it's it's really it's really a sweet quiet moment of just them kind of together and relishing this moment and not even relishing but just sort of living in this moment of like our lives are about to change completely here we go and then Tim goes out the door Jill picks up the phone and then she kind of just looks around the house and has a flashback to an early episode where Tim is wrestling with the boys on the floor sticking their faces in his armpit and we get the big to be continued, the big five syllable haiku fragment. <laughs> um, we this this scene did it make uh, you cry. It didn't. It it didn't. But I could feel it setting it up. Yeah, and I think it's more intentional in what it's doing than it lets on. Yeah, because there are a lot of things here that are kind of calling to the passage of time. Yeah. I don't want to get too like, you know, film scholarly about this, but like t- initially Brad is like I have to get going and Tim's like I got to borrow your car for something and Brad's like no way, it's my car. I'm going to dr- yeah. I got to get somewhere. And Tim's yeah. like but I half paid for it, so I get the keys. And so yeah. it kind of calls back to like, oh yeah, Brad drives, Brad's got a car, there's a whole thing of, you know, earning it and he yeah. gives Tim the keys. But I feel like that's only set up so that Tim can give them the keys later and, you know, really show the, you know, all of that. Um, he he when... tosses the keys across the kitchen and the camera tracks them as Brad it goes and catches them. It's like very set up. Yeah. Yeah. But set up is like a, a moment of of like, man, look at these kids heading out the door, you know, yeah. driving themselves. And uh, there's something very subtle going on with that. And also with Mark saying we haven't made our lunches in, you know, we haven't taken our lunches to school since fifth grade. And Jill's like, Oh yeah. What was I thinking? It was like, what, what is that really serving in the scene? Nothing really. I mean, like it's not a joke. It's not really anything except to go. Remember when we were in fifth grade? Yeah. <laughs> like implanting that seed for the, the next couple episodes, I feel like of like, and as we dissolve into that uh, scene of him wrestling with Brad and Randy on the ground, like, yeah, we're we're gonna I feel like take a look back at some things here. I, I yeah I think we're gonna get some some clips. I I I certainly I certainly think so. Yeah, um, you feel you feel some clips coming down the long and winding I, road. Yeah yeah you know what my my old war injury is aching and I can I can feel a, a clip storm coming on. <laughs> well the the question There's clips is, in them our hills. Yeah, what's your question? Do you think it's gonna be an entire clip episode or do you think it's it's just going to be like interspersed the way it was here in this scene. I think it's going to be interspersed. I don't think mm-hmm. it's going to be a full clip episode because it's like we have Al's wedding and we have the last ever tool time. I don't think that they can do both of those in one episode. I think that they can do one of those things per episode and pad out the rest with some kind of framing device of Jill walking around the house having flashback memories to things. Like because conceivably she'll make the call she'll be packing things up as Tim is doing the show and is remembering it. And then they're going to have the wedding at the house mm-hmm. and there'll be more memories there during the wedding. That, that's what I think. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Watch yeah, me wa- I... tune in next week to see me be wrong. 
<laughs> I I really have no memory of what what happens. Uh, I I'll be curious to see. I mean, yeah, there's going to be some even if there are you know mostly clips. There's got to be some sort of framing device. You know, as you said, kind of going through memory lane. Yeah, um, I'm kind of curious about that myself. Um, hmm. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Um. How how what. What do you, how do you think you're going to react to seeing clips of the show over the years? Uh, I'm going to have some... I don't think I'm going to cry, but I think I'm going to have some sentimentality. Like, always, okay. any time that I see the, the boys when they were younger, it hits me hard. And I think I've said before that, like, this may be the closest I'll get to ever watch... It. This undoubtedly will be the closest I'll ever get to watching children of my own grow up and age. So maybe that'll make <laughs> me feel something and reflect on, like, wow, I've really been with these kids for a long time. For seven um, years, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think you're gonna feel? Seven and a half years. I, I, I don't know. I can't predict that. Because uh, I'm typically not someone who gets super emotional. Like, let me let me rephrase that. I get like my threshold is very big, but the tipping point is steep. Yeah. So like, I I won't cry for a long, long time. But this, if you make me cry, I will go pretty hard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I, it's possible that it might make me cry. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. You, I will say you, you've cried it less, and also the things that have, and and the things that have gotten us choked up on this show before have been things that really relate to Tim and Jill reflecting on parenthood, reflecting on yeah. growing older, moving on in life. Uh, relationships yeah, the things changing. that have made me cry in here, I've had a personal hook into. So I, that that's I think going to be different. Watching Jill have to you know cope with the loss of her father or something is is going to be much different than just watching clip memories. You know, which you know I'm not someone who goes through my photo album you know very often. I don't look at old memories. I don't. I don't. I know that's not something that I'm really wired for. So I don't. I don't know how I'll feel looking at memories of. A TV show. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it makes me cry, it's going to make me cry thinking about all the time we've spent covering, you know, these various moments and like, oh, my God, I remember when Truman said this about this thing or, oh, oh man, that that episode really made me feel like, you know, we we hit the ground, you know, we, we finally yeah. came together as a grunt work, you know, something like that, I think yeah. is going to be what ends up pushing me over if it can hook into any of it. Yeah, like oh that that was the that was the the moment that we coined the expression grunt creep and and everything that came came. <laughs> I remember it exactly. I know yeah, exactly no, what it, episode that was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, those will be yeah. No, I mean you're right. I think I think that any emotions that I have tied up and, and that come to the uh, that come to the fore in the next two episodes of Home Improvement will first and foremost come out of making this show about home improvement and not really just watching the show Home Improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, again, give it giving it the benefit of the doubt. You know, it's it is quite possible the show has a trick up its sleeve and and will will get me in the feels. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's only one way to find out: it's to keep making the podcast for two more episodes. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we get some bloopers of Tim, you know, flubbing some lines, and then uh, that's the end of the episode. Yep. Um, Truman. Landon. What do you say we go into character actor corner? Yes, let's corner some character actors. We have six character oh actors. Boy. That's a <laughs> large number of character actors. Perhaps we'll be a little expedient with the character actors. <laughs> 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 
No, we're not. No. We're going okay. into a song. A long, <laughs> a lengthy song. <laughs> no. I think all I think all six of the character actors appear in the uh Tool Time episode as the uh the husbands and wives. We yes. have um here their char- I'm gonna do their character names, then I'm just gonna read off um uh well no, I'll do it this way. Uh <laughs> Okay, yeah. playing Butch, the guy who is really into lubricant, uh, is Tom McClyster. He nice. has 77 credits. Uh, he was, oh, in Midnight Run. Oh. Uh, he was in Twins. Okay. Uh, he was in the infamously titled Cradle to the Grave, or Cradle to the Grave. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> DMX Cra- and Jet yeah. Li. Cra- cradle numeral to the Grave, yes. <laughs> Uh, he goes back to looks like oop, come on 1982 uh, in a movie called Splits with a Z hmm. um, hard choices okay uh, episode of Matlock Hill Street Blues um, Mama's Family Fletch Lives really uh, oh, oh it's Klansman number two <laughs> huh. well, well yeah, distinguished role indeed Yes, uh, Murphy Brown, Wings, The Wonder Years, Deep Space Nine, mm. not seeing Cheers. I'm not seeing Frasier. Um, um, I'm gonna was say he on NYPD Blue. Was he on uh, ER? Uh, he was on ER. Yes, he was on ER. Yes, he was yes. on ER. Yes, yes, in <laughs> 2005, playing Larry. Okay, all right, all right, very good, very good, Larry on ER. Okay. Uh, he was also in Million Dollar Baby. Oh, good. For okay, him. playing uh, Dan. This is the the guy who loves to paint. Right. Yes, he painted the or, lawn blue. Is he the lubricant guy? Uh, he has fifty nine credits. One upcoming. Going back all the way to nineteen eighty five, he directed a short. Oops, I'm in the. Oh, he's a. He, oh wait. Whoa, whoa, wow. Wait. He's a director. Oh. I oh, I got his credit. He has 59 directing credits including uh American Pie presents <laughs> the book of uh love. Okay. As a writer. Right. Wait. He he has no acting credits on here. I am oh. very confused. Wait, yeah, that is that is confusing. Huh. I guess a ghost character actor who doesn't really exist. Um yeah, weird. John Putch, did I say that? Uh, I, I I don't think you did. No. Okay, his name's John Putch. Okay. I I, I don't I I'm confounded. I don't know what to do. Oh wait, here actor, got it. Okay. Okay. Uh, you, you have to click on the there. thing that says acting on IMDb. That's that's that was what you had to do. Yeah. Well, IMDb changed it on me. I'm old. What do you want yeah, me to say? Yeah, I, I know. Um, I get it. It's it's not intuitive. Okay. 1973, All in the Family. Uh, he played a Boy Scout, so he was a child actor. Um. Let's see, impure thoughts. Hill Street Blues, New Heart. Uh, um, he was on Johnny uh, Twenty One Jump Street, Seinfeld, um, Star Trek Generations, playing a journalist. Oh, uh, playing Dan here. Was he on an episode of ER? I'm gonna go ahead and say no, not on ER. Hmm, not on ER, huh? Yeah. No, he was not on ER. Boom. Way to go. Okay. All right. Thank you. I just didn't get I didn't get the ER sent off of him. 
let's round out our uh, husband panel with Stan Stellars. Yeah. He is uh, playing Robbie, and I have completely forgotten what it is that he likes to do on the show. Um, uh, he's the one who keeps adding additions to the, the house. Yes, he, that's right. Uh, yeah, like he's uh, they have six family rooms and no family. Ooh, his most recent credit is additional voices in Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Okay, all right, good for him. A lot of voices in that movie. Indeed. Uh, he started out in 1993, but in 1994 was on an episode of NYPD Blue. He did an episode of Friends, uh, Seinfeld, Murder, She Wrote, a TV movie. Uh, he did uh, Dr. Doolittle. Roswell, the pretender, just shoot me, Malcolm in the middle. He has forty-four credits. Is one of them ER? Uh, I'm gonna say n- how many credits again? Forty-four, but he no. is on NYPD Blue. Uh, wait, yes, he was on ER. Stan Stellars or Sellers was on an episode of ER in 1996, <sighs> playing yes. James. Okay, I'm really nailing this. All right, great. Let's three three move so on. To the wives in the audience, we have um, Noreen is played by Berlinda Tolbert. She is the wife of um, the last gentleman we just talked about. Stack's girlfriend in Goodfellas. Oh. uh, Patriot Games, Harlem Nights, Eddie Murphy, uh, Richard Pryor movie. Okay. He the strong medicine she was in. Um, that's the Patricia Richardson medical drama. Mm-hmm. Uh, goes back to 1974 for that's my mama. She was in an episode of All in the Family. Mannix. Uh, do you remember? Do you remember that one episode when we did a character actor and I did the theme song to Mannix and it wasn't a real theme song. I I do I do remember that the first the first of many times that you uh, improvised an entire song that didn't actually exist. <laughs> Uh, uh, episode oh, man. Of... We're, we're, we're flashing back to it now. Oh man, the tears are already starting. <laughs> that's that's our single clip for the episode. Is uh, yeah. our single clip show? Um, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, I'm 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 holding the phone and looking into the living room right now <laughs> Ooh, and wow. seeing that happen. She had a, a run here of Fantasy Island, Airwolf, and the Love Boat boat with the Jeffersons Love right boat. on its heels. Yeah. Um, and uh, what she was on an episode of CSI. Was she on an episode of uh, ER? I'm going to say no, not on ER. In 2004, playing Nancy Natalari, Natarelli, uh, she played one episode of ER. Okay. Sorry, you lose. Okay, that's too bad. That's too bad. I'm a... Fu- you know, you flew too close to the sun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you had you had six. It's a lot I, to I, guess. Yeah, it's, it's, it is an awful lot, but yeah. Okay, Suzanne Wright plays Dolly. Uh, I can't remember which she's the husband, uh, wife of. She was in The Brothers Solomon, not a great movie that I rewatched recently, uh, uh, despite uh, its uh, talent. Uh, I, I would I would argue that The Brothers Solomon has a lot of charms to it, and it's better than I think it gets credit for, although it maybe is still not great. Uh, we'll debate that off air. Sounds um, good. Keep going. <laughs> she is in, most famously... The Dentist 2, the Corbin Burnson uh, slasher-ish horror movie. Great. Um, Party of Five, Third Rock from the Sun, with 13 credits. Was she on an episode of ER? I'm going to say no, not on ER. Not on an episode of ER. Way to go. 
Yeah. All right. Lastly, we have Wendy Jo Sperber playing Sue. She's mm. the one that rips the wig off of uh, the the other woman. She's the she's yeah. the one that swears for the first yeah. time. Yeah. She started out in a movie called I Want to Hold Your Hand. That's one of Robert Zemeckis' first movies. Mm. Um, she was in the private Benjamin TV series in 13 episodes. Mm. Uh does she look familiar? Because she she does have um, an iconic role uh, that you would yeah she from. does she does look familiar. I don't know what from, but like yeah yeah maybe I, I, maybe your memory has started to erase her in real time. Is she from Back to the Future? She is Marty's sister in Back to the right. Future. Right. Okay. Yes. 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 All right. That's fair. <laughs> then I'm gonna say yes to ER. You're gonna say yes to ER. Um, I'm sorry, she was not on an episode of ER. I guess it was bo- like I was figuring either she'd be a featured guest on ER or she was too big for ER. And I guess it was the second one. So <laughs> I don't think she's too big for ER. Well, uh, hmm. that so you had six character actors and half of them were on ER, and you had a fifty-fifty chance of getting it right for each time, what does that equate to mathematically for your chances of getting 100% on that? Why, why are you asking me this, dude? Why are you asking me this? Because this <laughs> we're the at the end of the episode, and I know you're at your, ends, your wit's I, end. I, yeah, this is great, man. I love this. I love making a show with you. I don't know, man. It's fuck percent. I had I had a fuck percent <laughs> chance of getting it getting it right. Uh, I, well, I, yeah. With that energy, let me ask you, Truman, what did we learn from this episode? <laughs> Uh, from this episode, we learned that you need to support your partner uh, whenever they have a great opportunity. So when your mm. partner, maybe in making a podcast, has the opportunity to go eat dinner after a long day, uh, you could support him in that endeavor. <laughs> what did you learn from this episode? What did I learn from this episode? Um, that if you are secretly not in school don't if you're you're if you've if you have um if you have dropped out of school yeah do you uh be more careful with how you cover your tracks uh okay by saying that you're gonna switch school in the middle of your sophomore year Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I was thinking you were implying that Randy has dropped out of school because he's not studying or anything in Costa Rica, but... I'm not, not implying that. I'm just saying maybe he's doing better at it than Mark is. Mark is mm. just saying, I'm, I'm switching schools, but you're, you're a sophomore, where Randy's like, I got this whole program in a different country. Yeah, okay, fair, fair. Uh, That's what I learned, and you can't yeah, take okay. that away from me. I know you're right. I can't take that away from you, nor would I ever try. Uh, so then I guess that leaves us with just one last thing, which is... Uh? That's right. The grunt count. Landon, how many grunts do you think there were on this episode? You know what? We've got an episode here where I have to get inside the Truman Cap's brain and... Mm-hmm. Uh, Never a good decide, place to be. <laughs> decide whether or not you constituted something as a grunt. Yeah. And I'm going to say you didn't. So I'm going to say there's zero grunts in this episode. Landon. Ding, 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 ding. You 
you live inside my head. You live rent-free in my head. You know my shit. The one time that he grunts in response to uh, Wilson uh, telling him that he needs to uh, make sacrifices for Jill because Jill made sacrifices for him, he goes, Bruh! but it's a yeah. He's saying yeah. He's not yeah, grunting. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. Uh, okay. yep. oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You, you, you did it. You crushed it. You smashed it. <laughs> you, you know what, German? You crush it this whole episode. Thank oh. you. Thank no, Landon. Thank you. We're both look at us both crushing over here. You know our fa- <laughs> I just our favorite. Send you off to dinner time with positive vibes. Uh, thank you, man. Thank you. I I I I appreciate that. My vibes could not be more positive, and they'll get even better once I leave my very hot office. Um, I'm going to bed. Yeah. Well, also a good place for positive vibes. Sweet dreams. <laughs> thank you. Um, I guess that brings us to the end of this episode, though. I, I, I'm dragging my feet for some reason. I don't know why, but I am. Uh, well, only, I, we're only going to do this a couple more times, you know? I know. That's why I'm dragging my feet. Um, if you enjoyed today's episode, consider becoming a official Grunhead sponsor over at Patreon dot com slash grunt work pod because our patrons make this possible as we finish out grunt work and transition into our next show which is philosophies yep uh can't wait (laughs) (laughs) uh you can uh support us by for as little as one dollar where you know you can either get the the gratification of knowing you're supporting us or you can get access to truman i saw today we have 235 episodes of grunt work nights good god i wonder sometimes when we're recording one of those how how big is this pile that we're throwing these things onto (laughs) it's it's bigger than i thought it was Um, that's what she said so if you want 235 non-home improvement related episodes uh you can go do that over at patreon.com slash grunt work pod Leave us a rating or review. I mean, listen, throw caution to the wind at this point. Just, I'm going to say, leave us a five-star review. Yeah, do it. And say generous things about us. Yeah, Who can it hurt at this point? If you haven't done it by now, I mean, it seems unlikely that you will at all, but you really should. Please do it. I guess I'm also talking to the people in the future who who are finding this, you know, when Disney cycles it off and on the streaming services 8,000 times and they're finding yeah. the show for the first time in the year 2058. Yeah, when people are still crazy to listen to podcasts, that's definitely still going to be a thing. <laughs> Um, they're they're blasting grunt work. I don't know if you it was the, saw the deleted scene in Mad Max Road <laughs> Road Warrior, where uh you know all they have to listen to are podcasts. I I mean yeah well no I I mean I did see I, isn't that in in the first Mad Max where he chains the guy up to the car but instead of setting the car on fire to kill him he just starts playing grunt work really loudly yeah, and the guy is exactly. screaming in pain as Mad Max walks away from him yeah. So you can contribute to getting us to the Mad Max place if you leave us a rating or review wherever you listen to podcasts. Get us um, there. And stop by to say hi to us on Instagram, which I realize I'm not that active, but I check it often. So if you want to even just get in touch with us, uh, you can do it there or at uh, which is at GruntWorkPod or you can email us at GruntWorkPodcast at gmail.com. Or visit our website, which is going to continue to grow as we get our bonuses, bonus episodes up and figure out a way to create Gruntwork Legacy. Uh, what what will exist there after we're done? Yes. Uh, which you can view all of that over at www.gruntworkpodcast.com is where Gruntwork Legacy will live. <laughs> and I guess, I think that's it. 
Uh, until next week when we bring you part the, two, the of penultimate the episode of the series finale. I've been Landon Solano. I've been Truman Caps. And remember, for tickets to see Jerry Springer, call us at one eight hundred nine six Jerry to book your tickets today. Don't don't actually call me.